was only meant to be a safety drill at a zoo, but dozens of children were left in tears after an escaped animal drill went all wrong. The idea was to test the readiness of the staff at a Tokyo Zoo in a well-intentioned practice drill based on a scenario of a strong wind blowing a tree into an enclosure providing a way out for an orangutan. The overacting actor jumped out of the cage and began running around the zoo, scattering the crowd. The oranga actor grabbed an employee and was promptly shot with a fake tranquilizer gun. He dramatically fell to the ground and that's when all the kids started crying. It took some time, but the staff was finally able to convince everyone that it was all an act. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. How would you like to get a free smartphone? If you own a smartphone, listen to this incredible offer that's almost too good to be true. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day. Guaranteed for life. Plus, get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline now and we'll move your number from your existing service. Think of your savings. So don't wait. Switch your plan, save money, plus get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline line right now we guarantee you're gonna love our service if you don't like what we say you can hang up on us but you won't right now you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as two dollars a day guaranteed for life call the free smartphone hotline right now 800-475-3351 800-475-3351 that's 800-475-3351 Thousands of authors across the country have written books and published them with Page Publishing. If you've written a book, they can help you through the process. Cut through the confusion of the publishing world to make it easy for you. If they decide to publish your book, your work ends, theirs begins. From copy editing and proofing to typesetting and book cover art. Plus, get your book printed, distributed, and sold on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and in bookstores across the country. They even help promote your book. Biography, self-help, mystery, novels, sci-fi, or even a children's book. No matter what genre, Page Publishing can bring your book to life. And don't forget to ask about audiobooks. We do all of this for you. Call today for your free writer's guide, packed with tips, tricks, and templates to help you finish what you started. 800-215-6815. That's 800-215-6815. Want to get your hands on the next big thing? At Verizon, new and existing customers can trade in their old Samsung phone, any model, in any condition, and get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with select unlimited plans. A better plan to save is Verizon. $999.99 device payment or a full retail purchase with new or upgrade smartphone line on unlimited ultimate or select 5G unlimited plan required. Less $1,000 trade-in slash promo credit applied over 36 months. Promo credit ends if eligibility requirements are no longer met. 0% APR. No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Take the chill off with a cup of Chef Tim's award-winning chili. 
You'll be bringing hope and warmth to the community. Because Blankets of Hope will provide blankets and beds for someone in need when you purchase chilling February 10th and 11th at the Ridgewood Winery at 2039 Philadelphia Avenue in Birdsboro. Enjoy some chili and do some tasting for Blankets of Hope on Saturday and Sunday from 12 noon to 6 p.m. at the Ridgewood Winery in Birdsboro. Have questions about plastic surgery? Ever wonder what's the best way to quit smoking? Get answers to questions about issues like these and many more on Health Talk every Wednesday on WEEU. Local experts talk about a wide variety of medical topics, and you're invited to call in with your questions. Some shows are open forum when the topic is whatever you want to talk about. Health Talk, Wednesdays from 6 to 7 p.m., only on 8.30 a.m. WEEU. Are you looking for an assisted living community? Columbia Cottage Y Missing is the only licensed assisted living community in Berks County, offering 10 levels of care. They offer personal touch for you or an aging loved one. Columbia Cottage takes pleasure in offering the best in assisted living in Y Missing and the surrounding Berks area. Stop by and speak with the residents and the staff, and you'll see why they decided to join the Columbia Cottage family. To set up a tour, call Noreen Krimsky at 610-484-4418. Are you feeling hungry? Then come to Y Missing Bakery and Restaurant for breakfast or lunch. The best bakery and buffet in Berks County with fresh fried chicken to homemade donuts, they got you covered. And you can even order off the menu. Everything is fresh, never frozen, and always homemade from scratch. The Waya Missing Restaurant and Bakery is open daily from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. For the full menu and specials, go to wyomissingrestaurantandbakery.com. Get your feast on today, located at 1245 Penn Avenue in Waya Missing. Hi, everybody. This is Frankie Avalon, and I love animal radio. Keep listening. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, Pepper. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine, and I want to tell you thank you so much for taking my call. Well, of course, with a, such a pretty name. How did you get the name Pepper? Uh, um, <laughs> I eat about five-gallon jar full of jalapeno peppers a week. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> so okay. it's not I your given name. See, the dog likes them, too, huh? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, you don't have a, a regular name for the dog, do you? Well, I named him Casper because he's white. Casper. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's going on with Casper there? Well, I have two dogs. One is a Havanese and one is a Bichon, Casper. I had Casper about two years, and I was making his own dog food, which was ground turkey, brown rice, and I'd buy the bag of frozen vegetables and put it in there, and everything was going fine. I'm, a, I'm an over-the-road truck driver. Let me tell you that first. Okay. And all of a sudden, he started getting, like, bladder infections, kidney infections, mm-hmm. one right after another, right after another. And, I mean, it's not that I'm not taking him out and walking him. It's not that I'm not letting him walk long enough. I mean, every time I would go to the bed, it'd be like $350, $450 while they try to track this thing down. They treat it. Uh, they even went as far as to give me a prescription to take to Walgreens because he had to be on antibiotics for so long one time. Okay. And uh, then he started chewing his paws, and his paws turned real pinkish looking, and all around his mouth were real pinkish looking, and then he got another bladder infection. I took him back to the vet, and she said, well, she goes, this just isn't right. Now, this is when we were home just about every weekend. 
So she mm-hmm. did some investigating, and she told me, she said, he needs to go. Uh, he's got a protein, a problem assimilating protein. And we need to put him on the urinary ISO. Okay. Well, I've got him on that, but I was just wondering if there is another alternative to it. Now, this dog begs for vegetables. He <laughs> begs for vegetables. He loves vegetables. All right. He's, a, he's a dog with my mind. <laughs> oh, listen, he loves jalapeno peppers, any kind of vegetable that you will give him. This awesome. Now, I get fruit you give him. Well, hey. Now, I want to back up for a minute because you said with Casper that he was having a lot of urinary issues. Did they put him on that food because they determined he had types of bladder stones? Uh, she didn't say bladder stones. She just said that he had... Um, a problem assimilating protein. Okay. Just because when I hear about a, a Bichon who's having problems in the urinary nature, they are very, a breed very prone to bladder stones, and particularly calcium oxalate-based uh, uh, bladder stones. So one of the methods to deal with that is we will try a low-protein diet, and um, the uh, SO-type food, if that's the one that you're talking about, um, the, by, made by Royal Canin, that is appropriate for that kind of dog that has those kind of urinary issues and it is a low-protein food. So okay. if that's somehow related to his previous signs, then I would definitely endorse that um, you know, prescription, basically, for you. And well, he hasn't had a problem since. Well, there you go. Then it's doing something. Well, <laughs> At least I'm speculating. Any, well, now they, they've changed. Our, our company has changed our route, and, I mean, sometimes it's anywhere from two to four months before we get home. Uh, and see. they changed it going down the road so and i realize this is a prescription dog food and it's hard for me to get now i am going home next weekend and i do have a couple of cans and some dry that is going to make me get home but is there if i get in a bind is there anything else well the trick is there's probably some things that we can use short-term or treat foods that would be appropriate for a dog on this food but i'm going to say it's a little hard to just pick a food that we're going to be able to substitute because this is a therapeutic food it is basically gearing the urine um, into a certain environment so we can hopefully prevent those problems uh, now there are some treats that we can do oh before i even get there i was going to say um, at least at my office and many veterinary offices around the country they may have the option to order online for these prescription foods and to have those shipped uh-huh. to your home so that might be something we do that through something called a pet portal so my clients can have that shipped to their front door so that they don't run out of this regular food because um, it because it is very well, much, I mean, very my much bed only is only like 10 miles from me and the problem is getting to, to my house. home city uh, okay now that we're out here on the road Okay. Well, the, the things that we would definitely want to avoid, as you mentioned, a lot of the different meat things, um, many of those we will want to avoid. The things we can right. use in a pinch for a pet that's on a, um, a diet like SO would be uh, eggs. We can use eggs or chicken, So, but we stay away from, you know, a lot of the heavier meats. Um, and right. you mentioned vegetables and fruits. And so there are some fruits and vegetables we can use that are appropriate along with this diet. Um, I'll often recommend bananas, melons. Uh, green peas, uh, cauliflower, those kind of foods would be appropriate. And oh, again, it's kind of that. broccoli, <laughs> cabbage. He even eats turnip greens. 
Oh, wow. So, you know, some of those foods might not be a bad thing, but I would hate for you to be out on the road and rely on those uh, food items as your main source of a diet. So, oh, right. I mean, I, I, well, I when really I go home, I'm, I'm going to buy the large bag, the super large bag, and I'm going to put mm-hmm. about probably about 30 pounds on the truck so I won't be out, but it just caught me unawares this time. and. Yeah. Now, one other solution that I might recommend, um, and we use this solution for folks around us that travel, is you can ask your veterinarian for either a prescription card or a written prescription for that food. And if you're heading through another community, and if you have a written prescription for that food, you may very well be able to buy that at a veterinary office. Uh, But you can't just go in and say, hey, I need that SO food. Uh, Most places will say, we're not comfortable selling that to you unless we know you really need this for your pet. Um, So that might be another kind of little trick to try you're listening to animal radio call the dream team now with the free animal radio app for iphone and android movies are bigger than ever at the rc reading movies 11 and imax home of the only imax theater in the reading area this week in imax is argyle from the twisted mind of matthew vaughn a razor-witted reality-bending globe-trotting spy thriller with a killer cast our february saturday imax series kicks off with born to be wild 3d bring the family and get a picture in our themed photo booth plus get a free craft bag courtesy of the girl scouts reading movies 11 and imax features all reserved seating free garage parking digital sound private rentals bargain tuesdays and special events all year round Family owned and operated for over 50 years, Poplowski's is your one-stop automotive service and collision center. Most of their staff have 30 or more years in the field. They install what they sell, car, truck, and SUV accessories to personalize your vehicle. Please remember, as they always say, you have the right to choose who does your auto body repairs after an accident. So keep Poplowski's in mind when you have an automotive need. And from everyone at Poplowski's, thanks for listening to WEEU and for your business. Take the chill off with some of Chef Tim's award-winning chili. You'll be bringing hope and warmth to the community because Blankets of Hope will provide blankets and beds for someone in need with all chili sold on Saturday, February 10th. Stop by one of the following Redner's Market's Quick Shops, either 2320 Penn Avenue in West Lawn or the Quick Shop at 1137 Commons Boulevard in Reading. Remember, that's February 10th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Take home some delicious chili from Chef Tim. We'll see you on Saturday, February 10th. It's dinner time for your dog, but do you know what's in the bowl when you scoop out that dry dog food? Let me ask you three key questions. Do you know the meat you're feeding? Do you know who makes the food and where the ingredients come from? Is the food overloaded with carbohydrates and poor quality filler proteins? Not sure? Let the staff at Godfrey's help you be sure about what you're feeding. We have great foods for every budget. They're all safe to feed and well formulated. Godfrey'sDogdom.com your AccuWeather forecast from News Talk 830, WEEU. Here is the exclusive three-day AccuWeather forecast. Sunny skies, high today 47. It'll be clear tonight, low 25. Sunny skies on Sunday, the high tomorrow at 50. And then a sunny day for Monday, high Monday 47. This is Steve Williams reporting for News Talk 830, WEEU. W-E-E-U, Reading. Imagine a world where animals and humans coexist in harmony, where wild animals thrive, habitats are protected, and marginalized communities are empowered. At International Animal Rescue, this is our vision. Our holistic, community-led projects not only rescue animals, but also protect and replenish precious habitats, creating a better future for us all. But we can't do this 
without you. Show your support now and help keep the wild, wild. Visit internationalanimalrescue.org. Is your phone plan messing with your savings plan? Don't get stuck paying for things you don't want. With Verizon, you only pay for what you need. And for a limited time, when you bring your own phones to a Verizon store, you'll get an amazing price on your plan. Plus, you'll save on things you actually love, like the Netflix and Max with Ads Bundle. And it's on our award-winning 5G network. Bring your phones to your Verizon store today for an incredible deal. A better plan to save is Verizon. Additional terms and conditions apply. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 95% cheaper and you can get it online? Just go to hymns.com slash joy. Through hymns, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the name brands at up to 95% off. That's right, get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but for 95% less. It's the same medication, still prescribed by a licensed medical provider, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, hymns.com slash joy. That's hymns.com slash joy for your free online visit, H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're starting to speak another language, like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Petco has kept its promise. It's taken all the dog and cat treats made in China from the shelves of its stores nationwide. Last May, the chain became the first national pet retailer to say it would stop selling the treats after reports began showing up that Chinese-made treats were making animals sick and far worse. The move includes pet treats made for the Petco brand Unleashed and those sold online. Petco says it will now stock only treats made in the U.S. and other regions of the world that, quote, support complete pet health. When Pet Food Stamps, Inc. was formed and it got attention from all over, including being featured on CNN, CBS, and ABC, maybe that was too much publicity. The organization is now closed. Founder Mark Oaken raised $65,000, and that was enough to handle the nearly 200,000 people who'd asked for help. He resigned last April, saying he was overwhelmed with applications from people needing help paying for food for their pets. Control went to a man named Greg Sullivan, and he's now closed the program. He said he never could get over the negative image the group had gotten before he started. The New York Attorney General's office reported numerous consumer complaints have been filed against pet food stamps and that an investigation's underway. Sullivan recently posted pictures on the group's Facebook page showing a professional shredding company that he wrote took care of the applicant's materials. And donations, he said, were either returned to the senders or used to provide pet food to applicants. This has got to be one of the saddest stories ever. It comes out of Scotland where somebody left a male Sharpay mix at a railway station with a suitcase full of his belongings. The dog is named Kai, and he was left with his leash tied to a rail in his suitcase beside him. His bowl, some food, a pillow, and a toy were inside his suitcase. 
Now, Kai did have a microchip, and that's how they found out what his name was. But when they contacted the owner, he said he'd sold Kai in 2013 and couldn't give the name or address of who he sold him to. Now, since the stories broke, there is a happy ending here. The animal welfare group taking care of Kai says it has been inundated with offers to adopt him and his suitcase, which is fantastic. But authorities still want to find that person who left Kai at the station. That person could be charged under Scotland's Animal Health and Welfare Act. People found guilty are banned from keeping animals for a period of time or even for life. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Well, don't forget you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now, why don't you? It's made possible by fear-free happy homes, helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, everywhere in between. Visit them now at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And thanks, Fear Free, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Okay, you're going to love our next guest, Pamela. Pamela Paquin. And she does something very unusual for a living. She creates clothing and, uh, well, glamorous kind of upscale clothing using roadkill. And I welcome her to the show. Hi, Pamela. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. So give me the 411. <laughs> what is it exactly you do? Sure. So there are a million animals a day killed on the roads in the United States. That's wow. roughly seven times the amount killed in the entire global fur industry every year. So 365 million a year on our roads and 50 million a year in the global fur industry. Wow. We're sustainability professional, obviously. <laughs> there was some significance to that number, and when I moved back from Europe, with my daughter, I was feeling very sensitive and loving, obviously, as a new mom, and remembered all these bodies that I'd seen growing up in New England. And it really moved me. I really got tired of driving by them. And uh, I had grown up on a farm, so I had had a lot of experience working with animals and uh, a sense of integrity about being a part of your food, that really I felt that I needed to be a part of the raising, the humane raising and loving care of animals as well as slaughter. So I came home with that and my newfound motherhood and really felt that I couldn't drive by anymore. And also being a new mom, I couldn't travel the way that I had before. So I thought, well, maybe now's the time to try this out. So I went and got a license and I found a taxidermist uh, to help me and picked up a raccoon that, as it turned out, was a little too ripe. What kind of a license do you have to have? Sure. So it varies state to state. So, for example, in Florida, you can just pick up roadkill, uh, and you don't need a license. Where I was living at the time was in New Hampshire. I needed what is called a fur buyer's license, and I was there last winter, so I had that. And then I moved to Massachusetts, where my family's from, to be closer to them. And I actually need a trapper's license because, of course, there's no such thing as somebody who collects roadkill and turns it into furs. Okay, and what kind of clothing do you make out of them? Sure. So I only collected 100 animals last year. I'm really focused on my accountability and transparency right now on the operational side. And that means that I'm working with highway departments, animal control officers, and wildlife officers. And given that I was building up the infrastructure at the same time as working on the sourcing and uh, prototyping the pieces, I only had 100 animals that I, that I collected last year. And to that end, I'm only making accessories 
Uh, this is neck muffs, mittens, hats, leg warmers, that sort of thing. And they're all made to order uh, specifically for clients. So in that sense. So I'm going to be the devil's advocate here. I mean, as far as someone who doesn't believe in the fur industry, how how do you see your role as in answer to some of my questions of, you know, isn't this encouraging other people to want to wear fur? Absolutely. So, again, much like coal power is not encouraged by the use of solar power companies, we, <laughs> we, we as a sustainability movement, as a, as a conscious species, we're attempting to move away from unsustainable practices. Of course, this is, there are short-term goals and there are long-term goals. So we're trying to transition to solar power and get ourselves unhooked from petroleum, which, of course, powers everything from our cars to the heat in our house to charging our cell phones. So we're all a part of that, including the transportation of goods on the roads that kill the animals. So we're all guilty. And I would just say, much like uh, cruelty-free makeup or fair trade that doesn't support child labor, my fur doesn't support the intentional killing of animals. I kind of like that answer. You know, it's, the, it's the consumer's responsibility to educate themselves, just as it is with the difference between organic or GMO, coal or solar, and so on. I see that some of your pieces sell for about a thousand dollars. There's a lot of work put into that, so I understand that. What is yeah. what is the general reaction? Do people like wearing roadkill? What do they do? They know. Oh yeah. Well, it's very interesting actually. It's a, it's a very interesting story. When I was in, so I'm in New Hampshire, and I make my prototypes and I start wearing them around New Hampshire in where I was living. Everybody just kind of didn't phase them. Of course, they're very sensible. If a deer is hitting the roads up there. It's gone within a matter of minutes. People eat it. It's, it was no skin off their back to accept it. No problem. Uh, I came down to Boston and started going to private events, and people were very interested. They wanted to touch it. And then when I told them the story, which, of course, I was testing the market, um, and these are very um, kind of tended to be affluent people with disposable income, basically their eyes would roll back in their head. They would get very excited, and they had a million questions, and you know, quite a few of them ended up being my first clients. People were really excited. They were so pleased, not only because of the tactile, sensual, and luxurious nature of the product, but that they could get it and understand this animal to honor its spirit, to respect it in some way, instead of, like every other animal product that they consume, be it food or leather or fur, that they have to disassociate themselves from what that animal lived. This is a wild and free animal. It had a tragic accident. And now it can be a part of their lives, and they can do it respectfully. Mm. Wow. So are, you, are they wearing, like, possum and raccoon? And, I mean, what, exactly. are, what are some of the odd creatures that people have worn? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, people that for centuries, you know, beaver was the reason that the fur industry started over here. And then another, something else, I think it was silk, became popular, and, and people stopped being so focused on beaver. This was hundreds of years ago. Uh, I use beaver. I use bear. Fisher is essentially American sable. I use skunk, but much less frequently. <laughs> Raccoon is very popular because it's so fluffy. And, of course, coyote is very similar to a lot of the petroleum-based synthetic furs that you see around the edges of people's hoods that's so popular right now. I think it's fun. We're, funny we're all, like, dumbfounded here in the studio. We're, <laughs> we're, we're, what's, uh, what's the website? Where can people learn more and even get some of this? Sure. So it's petitemortfur.com. Petit Mortfur. So, yes, it's with an E at the end of petite. 
But if you Google Petit Morpho or something like it, or my name, Pamela Paquin, uh, it's going viral all over the world right now, so you'll find me. Oh, well, this this right here will shoot you over the edge, this appearance <laughs> on Animal Radio. Well, I just, you know, no, but seriously, in all seriousness, um, you know, I've reached out to PETA, I've reached out to the Anti-Fur Society, I've also reached out to the International Fur Federation and the American Fur Council, because as far as I see it, we've got to do this together. Demonizing people on either end of the spectrum is not going to get us very far. If I want to change the paradigm of how we source fur, I have to be able to include everybody. Those are the voices against fur and the voices for fur. So when I heard from your station, I was very pleased um, because, of course, everybody has to be a part of this if it's going to work. And at the same time, when we look at it, you know, it's a $40 billion a year industry globally. If people really cared in enough numbers, then raising fur on fur farms would be illegal. And that's not been the case in the United States. And the fur industry has only grown. Definitely intriguing. We're going to put links to uh, all of your stuff over at AnimalRadio.com. Pamela, thank you so much for telling me what you're doing over there. And uh, keep us posted, will you? Absolutely. Stay in touch, you guys. Thank you so much. Let's uh, head back to the phones. Tell us what you think. I don't know. Dr. Debbie, would you wear a raccoon around your neck? Could be your next... No. No? I couldn't. I'm torn there. If Ernest Hemingway was alive today, would he say this to you? Shakespeare, Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe, all great writers. And after reading your book, I simply must add you to the list. Wait, you don't have a book yet. So make a free call to Page Publishing. Turn your book idea into publishing gold. 800-215-6815. 800-215-6815. That's 800-215-6815. Do you travel with your dog? Of course. My pets are part of our family. Me too. I take Daisy with me everywhere. Right, Daisy? So how do you find out what hotels welcome your dog? I read Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Sounds perfect for planning our next vacation. Right, Daisy? It is. Their motto is leave no dog behind. And they have great hotel and destination reviews. Where can I find the magazine? Go online to FidoFriendly.com. I will for sure. Come on, Daisy. We're off to find our next adventure. Imagine a world where animals and humans coexist in harmony, where wild animals thrive, habitats are protected, and marginalized communities are empowered. At International Animal Rescue, this is our vision. Our holistic, community-led projects not only rescue animals, but also protect and replenish precious habitats, creating a better future for us all. But we can't do this without you. Show your support now and help keep the wild wild. Visit internationalanimalrescue.org. Is your phone plan messing with your savings plan? Don't get stuck paying for things you don't want. With Verizon, you only pay for what you need. And for a limited time, when you bring your own phones to a Verizon store, you'll get an amazing price on your plan. Plus, you'll save on things you actually love, like the Netflix and Max with Ads Bundle. And it's on our award-winning 5G network. Bring your phones to your Verizon store today for an incredible deal. A better plan to save is Verizon. Additional terms and conditions apply. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 95% cheaper? And you can get it online? Just go to hymns.com slash joy. Through Hims, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the name brands at up to 95% off. 
That's right. Get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but for 95% less. It's the same medication, still prescribed by a licensed medical provider, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, hymns.com slash joy. That's hymns.com slash joy for your free online visit, himscom slash J-O-Y. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're starting to speak another language, like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. This is Animal Radio, baby. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. We have Patricia on the phone. Hi, Patricia. Hi. How are you? Oh, very well, but I have a question, two questions that are kind of eluding me right now with cats. Hey, sounds challenging. Let's go. Good. Okay. Um, I have indoor cats, and I I do a lot of, you know, now and then cat rescue, and I decided to let two of the rescued ferals stay in my backyard. And so the first question is, one of them I was told, I, I actually took them from a rescue group, and I was told that one of them may have FI, maybe FIV positive. Okay. And now she has turned into a little love bug and she wants to come in. <laughs> and <laughs> she comes up to me and rubs all over me and practically lets me pick her up. So I'm guessing she was somebody's pet and kind of reverted to a feral mindset. And now that she's had a place to be settled and good people taking care of her, she's going back to being friendly. But when I open the door, she tries to run in. And, um, <laughs> she knows what's good, man. She's on her way. <laughs> she, 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 thank you. <laughs> Couldn't have said that better. And so what would, would it be a bad idea to let her come in if there is an FIV positive test? Is the, and the other piece I'll throw on there is that I think I read, I think I remember, or I think I heard that if they have had an, a vaccine for FIV, it'll, that their test may come up positive, but I am not sure about yeah. that. Yeah, and, and that kind of comes to like why we have the suspicion of FIV, which is also really known as feline immunodeficiency virus. So it's similar to kind of like the HIV virus in humans. So FIV in cats, yes, um, we can get some false positives basically from a cat that's previously been vaccinated. Um, now there's reasons why people vaccinate, and this is just a side note, tends to be more in shelter cats, cats that are in high cat volume situations. It's not a real routine situation. So if we do get a a positive test, there are some confirming tests we can do to kind of reassure us if we may have that or not. Um, And this one was rescued from a shelter. Both of these were. Okay. So I guess the big thing is, you know, what's the risk with bringing this kitty into the home? Well, 
for FIV, it's typically spread through bite wounds between cats. So cats that live outdoors, that kind of have that fighting lifestyle, especially that male intact cats, they're the number one carriers of FIV. And in fact, 4% of outdoor feral cats are positive for FIV. 4%? So it, wow. Yeah. So if you want to make this kitty an indoor cat and you have existing cats, there's a slight risk of acquiring that inside the home. Now, if they fight and this cat bites yours, absolutely, we can contract FIV that way. But through casual contact, drinking out of the same water bowl, grooming behaviors, there's really not a high risk of transmission of the virus, wow. fortunately. Yeah, so, agree. So, so that's a good thing. Now, any FIV positive cat, if they're a pet, I definitely recommend to keep them indoors so we can help decrease the exposure to other cats outside. So, um, you know, this might be a dual win-win um, in, you know, not only rescuing this cat, but helping save some of those other ferals out there from becoming FIV positive if they're, if they're not already. Yeah. But, you know, there's that slight risk for your kitty. So I, I, I would say, you know, you kind of have to recognize that and, and know your cats and see how they interact, uh, whether or not this is a risk you'd want to take. Okay. Well, I really appreciate the information. Now I feel like I can make an informed decision. Good luck with that. I know how tough it is with ferals. We, we brought in a few ferals ourselves. Thank you. Which one are we going to? Oh, hey, Ronald, how are you doing? Okay, how are you doing today? Doing good. Where are you? Uh, Montgomery, Pennsylvania. Montgomery, Pennsylvania, checking in. I have Dr. Debbie here. How can we help you? Hi. Yes. Hi. I have a young Doberman pincher, and I'm an over-the-road truck driver. And while okay. my wife was, but while my wife was sick one week, he went with me, and now he thinks he wants to go every week. But I was wondering, being Dobermans have a history of hip problems, mm -hmm. if. If putting him in the truck, even, you know, with walking him, you know, regularly through the day, if it would cause any problems with that. Oh, if, whether or not the traveling in the truck would um, hasten or make a bigger problem with potential hip dysplasia. That's your question? Yes. No, I, I don't believe that would. And um, in this situation, the only thing that I'd say sitting in the truck might have a potential for would be l less exercise. So we wouldn't want his weight to get too heavy. So it would be more that risk. But no, um, hip dysplasia, what you know, we would worry about sometimes is if a pet is in um, very active uh, athletic activities and if they have some tendencies towards hip dysplasia, then we might have some more issues there. Um, but no, I mean, sitting in the truck, hanging out with his dad, I think that's a great plan and you know just to combat any kind of boredom or problems with his exercise you know if he's in truck you want to just make sure you give him that ample opportunity for physical exercise you know a little bit of uh, mental stimulation so you know maybe some retrieving some toy uh, play behaviors when you, you make your stops all of that will kind of keep him uh, physically fit and uh, I don't see any problems with uh, riding along with your side if he likes it then hey <laughs> looks like you got the a-ok -okay, Ronald thank you for your call today was that really two hours? Wow, that blew by today. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, you can ask your questions all week long from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download. Do it right now. Download it, and then if, like at 2 in the morning, you have a question about your cat, you can ask directly <laughs> from the iPhone app or the Android app. Uh, by the way, Dr. Debbie, if you want to pick up her books, Yorkshire Terriers, Shih Tzus, Pugs, or Mini Schnauzers, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend, they are available at Kindle, at Amazon, and we have links over at AnimalRadio.com. If you own one of these, or let's say they own you, you'll want to pick up this Guardian's Manual. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right on this fine station. Bye. Bye-bye. Goodbye.
This is WEEU in Reading, your constant companion for news and music.
News Talk 830 WEEU, Reading. It's a bluebird day here in Jack's backyard. So come on in and chat with us a while. It's time for Jack's Backyard on The Voice of Berks County, 8.30 a.m. WEEU. expressed on this show are not necessarily those of the staff, management, ownership, or sponsors of 8.30 a.m. WEEU. And now, here's the host of Jack's Backyard, Jack Holcomb. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the first February 2024 edition of Jack's Backyard, right here on WEEU, the voice of Berks County and beyond. The pleasure of your company brings nature into focus every Saturday morning at this time, and I'm certainly glad that you're with us. To be uh, totally honest with you this morning, I don't know where to begin, <laughs> but I'll do it anyway. The big news first. The Backyard welcomes Treese Media Group. The new owners of WEEU, and we say goodbye to Twilight Broadcasting. John and uh, Christine Treese and staff will be bringing you a new and expanded WEEU. And we are pleased to be part of that, uh, that new team here in the backyard. Now, uh, with that said, by this time you are all aware of the uh, groundhog. I, I'm assuming you are. The winner is, uh, well, Punxsutawney Phil and Patty Pagoda. Well, they, they predicted, well, they didn't see their shadows. So that means an early spring, an early spring, if you believe that. And we didn't hear from Shuey Louie, so we don't know what uh, he saw or did not see, as the case may be. So how are you this morning? I hope ready and eager to share your sightings, questions, and comments with us for the next two hours. Producer Linda is here in good spirits, ready to join me at 610-374-8800 and 888-401-0459, those all-important telephone numbers. Now, except for the excitement of the new owners of the station, and I have, we're going to take that a step further in a moment, 
It has been another one of those semi-quiet weeks. Well, until this morning. Many, many reports of snow geese in the fields of Berks and surrounding counties, and there were actually some at uh, Middle Creek Wildlife Management Area as well, and they feel that that number is going to be growing as the days go by. So with all of that said, come on in and join us in the backyard. Mother Nature is all around us. Now, <laughs> as we begin our 24th year in the backyard. We were 23 years old on the 1st of February. Now, I was totally blown away this morning when new owner John Treese popped into the studio, and he popped in with cupcakes made by wife Christine and his daughters. He has three daughters. And I can tell you, if you're listening, uh, Christine and girls, absolutely delicious. And what a great way to start the day, celebrating 23 years with wonderful cupcakes. So thank you, Christine and young girls, and also John, for, uh, <laughs> for the celebration. Really put a smile on my face, and I am grateful. Thank you very, very much. <sighs> Now, with all, I have to catch my breath here. With all of that said, it is time to get into business right here in the backyard. And as always, we start with our current events. The Baird Ornithological Club has their monthly meeting on uh, Friday, February 9th, and it's at 7.30 p.m., and it's a Zoom meeting only, a Zoom meeting only. And uh, the title would be The Difference of Birding in Ohio, with Ken LeBeau, past president of the Baird Ornithological Club. He lived here for a great many years and is now in Ohio. So that should be an interesting program with Ken. So that's Friday, a Zoom-only program for Baird, 7.30 p.m. And uh, yeah, it's, it's good to know that Ken LeBeau is still about in birding, and I know that very well because he's a great birder. And uh, we miss him, although we have still a bunch of great birders, as the case may be. The Lancaster County Bird Club will meet Thursday, February 8th, 7 p.m. in the North Museum of Nature and Science, uh, located in uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, on College Avenue. And you can join them for a unique opportunity to explore the North Museum's world-class ornithology collection, and for their first annual Lancaster County Bird Club Social. Light refreshments will be provided for all in attendance. The public cordially invited to attend, free of charge, of course, and if you uh, want to find out more, you can do so by going to LancasterBirdClub.org, LancasterBirdClub.org, for more information, not only on that meeting, but also in general, the, the other uh, events that they have scheduled. LancasterBirdClub.org. Well, let's see. February 6th, Burke's Nature. That will be Tuesday from 10 to 11.30 a.m. Trail Tykes, Animal Furs. Burke's Nature created the Nature Tykes program to get you and your child outside for quality time learning and exploring the great outdoors, geared to ages 3 to 5. So that's February 6th, Tuesday, 10 to 11.30 a.m. And then on the 10th, a week from today, 
They have hiked the preserve, never sink mountain. And uh, that will be uh, from 10 to 11.30 a.m. The February climb the trails of never sink mountain, keeping an eye out for early signs of, of spring. And you can register by going to uh, berksnature.org, berksnature.org for more information. Speaking of Berks Nature, their Echo Camp for 2024 registration is now open. And uh, this is uh, their annual summer Echo Camp is perfect to a perfect way to pass along the value down to your child about Mother Nature and all that it holds. So that's it. To find out more, just go to berksnature.org and check into their Echo Camp, Burke's Echo Camp. Hawk Mountain Sanctuary is doing some winter artisan series, and that will continue tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. or 1 to 2.30 p.m. $20 is the fee. Tree of Life Sun Catcher Workshop. Uh, come for a beautiful Tree of Life Sun Catcher step-by-step using wire and beads of your choice. So that's tomorrow. But you must register, and to do so, hawkmountain.org, hawkmountain.org. And then uh, next Saturday, a spring egg basket workshop from 12 to 3.30 p.m. That next Saturday, the cost is $44. To find out more and to register, all you have to do is go to hawkmountain.org, hawkmountain.org. Schuylkill County Conservancy, next Saturday, a winter evergreen walk from 10 to 11 a.m., Frog Hollow. That's at uh, Stone Mountain Road in Friedensburg, and uh, the meeting point will be in the parking lot. And you will have the opportunity to wander through the pristine forest of Fog Hollow with Will Thomas, a service forester, and Frank Snyder, retired DCNR forester. The walk highlights the native evergreens thriving in that area. So that's next Saturday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., Frog Hollow, Stone Mountain Road, Friedensburg, for their winter evergreen walk. Burke's Community Strollers will be strolling the west shore of Lake Ontolani next week, a week from today, a winter walk in the woods. And uh, I'm just trying to to find out the the nearest GPS address is Masillam Springs Road in uh, Hamburg. You can meet it at 10 a.m. No restroom facilities available for this walk. And uh, to find out more, you can check with Mike and Barb at 484-336-7226. That's Mike and Barb, 484-336-7226. For the Burke Community Strollers, West Shore of Lake Ontolani, a winter walk in the woods. That is next Saturday. That'll do it. That's all we have time for. That's all we have. Remember, if your organization is sponsoring any kind, any kind of nature event, we'll be more than happy to publicize it for you absolutely free of charge, but I need the information. And the best way to get it to me is through my email, which is jkhbird at aol.com, jkhbird at aol.com. If you don't have a computer or know someone who has 
You just put the information in a postcard, put it in a letter, send it to Jack's Backyard, W-E-E-U, 34 North 4th Street, Reading, Pennsylvania, 19601. Jack's Backyard, W-E-E-U, 34 North 4th Street, Reading, Pennsylvania, 19601. So there you have it. That's up to date, and away we go. 610-374-8800, out of the area, toll-free, 888-401-0459. Those are the numbers, and uh, so without further ado, let's go to the phones, and uh, we will begin by saying good morning to Matt up there in Kempton, PA. Matthew, how are you? Delighted to be talking to you, as always, Jack. Good to have you aboard this morning. What's up? Well, I got. Uh, hey, I want to talk to you about rough, rust grouse, rusted grouse. I haven't seen one for years. I used to see them all the time. You'd be walking along, and boom, they fly up very noisily and scare the heck out of you. Uh, have you ever seen? I'd like to know from your listeners if anybody else notices a shortage of rough grouse. Oh, absolutely. No question about it. And the Pennsylvania Game Commission is very much aware of this. And uh-huh. uh, right now they're doing a lot of uh, uh, habitat research and planning to bring that bird back. Well, that's good. I really like that bird. Now, I have a little series of questions for you. I hope you have some answers for me. Do you know what the state animal is? State uh... animal. I knew it, and I, I just can't think of it offhand, Matt. White-tailed deer. Okay. And what? how about the state fish? I have no idea what that is. Brook trout. The state uh, brook trout. State amphibian. That's the... Uh, we talked about this last year, and I can't remember what it is. Eastern hellbender. Yes, the hellbender. That's correct. That's correct. And then, of course, the uh, state dog is the... Great Dane. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Uh, the state flower. You know what the state flower is? Uh, d- Nobody dog- knows these, Jack. Don't worry. The dogwood? What is it? The dogwood? Mountain laurel. Mountain laurel. Okay. Okay. And this, uh, then the state insect. Uh, state insect. I give up. Firefly. And the, uh, finally, the state tree is the, it's the tree, the, the needles of the tree have two white lines on it. Do you know what that is? I do not. Eastern hemlock. A tree that's in danger, still in danger. Is it? Yeah. Wow. I have a bunch of them on the property here. And, and now also, I'd like to know from your uh, listeners, has anybody seen... A Bigfoot or a Sasquatch. This is supposed <laughs> Charlottesville and around there. There's pretty high reports of them. You're kidding. I'd like, if anybody has seen them, I'd like to know about you're, it. You're, you're kidding me. Well, that's what the laptop says, as the computer says, anyway. Um, now, moving right along, when's the best time for me to clean out the birdhouses? We better start pretty soon. Certainly by before March. Oh, okay. And final question, 
Is Taylor Swift from Berks County? Yes. Wow. What part of Berks County do you why know? Am I, why am I missing? Wow. All right. Thank you so much, Jack. I appreciate it. Glad to help, although I do, I, I, I've got to brush up on all of my state creatures. <laughs> well, I'll ask you these questions next week and see uh, no, if no, Billy no, did brush no, up. No. <laughs> Take good care. Ditto. Bye-bye. <laughs> this is... This is the backyard. So glad you're with us Saturday mornings between between Animal Radio and Taking Ups, 10 o'clock ABC News. Well, let's continue here. Let's move merrily along and say good morning to Brent in Temple. Brent, how are you this morning, young man? Hey, Jack. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing well, thank you. Good to hear from you. Good to hear you, too. Yeah, I, I don't know if anybody reported this, but up... Like you're going to Myerstown before you get to the big water tower. There's a, a road called Church Road, and there's two eagles that are hanging. They've been there probably since the summertime, but they switch from Church Road to the other side of the road. So they're like ping-ponging back and forth. But, yeah, they're, they're two eagles. I, I was impressed to see them because the only ones I've ever ever seen was uh, up in Knobles, and they were the wounded ones that they brought into uh to uh, just let them restore yeah. so they can get healed to fly. But, yeah, I, don't, I didn't know if anybody told you that there's eagles in the area. There are more eagles in the area than you can imagine, Brent. There's, really? Oh, yes. I mean, there, the, the number of eagle nests in, in Berks County alone has increased dramatically over the years. That's interesting. I never knew that. Learn something new every day, Jack. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if the eagles you mentioned perhaps are nesting nearby somewhere up in that area. Okay. Yeah, they've been there. I've, I've seen. I work up once a week up towards Myerstown, and in, uh, in the summertime I'd seen them there, and then I just seen now about a week ago that they had moved over to Church Street, mm-hmm. well or Church Road. But yeah, but it, it was just interesting how the their little migration system was was happening. Well, yes, there's still there's still some that could be migrating. Absolutely. But also, that we've got to keep in mind the large number of residents that we have, and they should begin nesting very soon. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I just wanted to bring that point to you just in case, but I learned something new today. That was, that was interesting. I learn something every Saturday, Brent. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hey, Jack, it's good hearing your voice. Keep doing what you're doing. Love the program. Thank you so much. Glad you called today, Brent. You bet you, buddy. Bye-bye. Have a great day. This is The Backyard, and I'm glad you're with us, as I always am, Saturday mornings. Did you know you can get your prescriptions for less at your local pharmacy? You can with GoodRx. It's the free app that can save you money on your medications. Just search for your prescription, choose the pharmacy and the price that works best for you, and then show your GoodRx coupon to your pharmacist at the drop-off counter. GoodRx works at over 70,000 pharmacies, including Walmart, Rite Aid, and Walgreens, and it works whether you have insurance or not. It's easy to save. Next time you drop off your prescription, check GoodRx. To start saving today, go to GoodRx.com. GoodRx is not insurance. Attorney CPA Joe Cordell. Business owners and professionals face special challenges in divorce court. They have to contend with allegations that they are earning more than they are, coupled with claims on their business or practice itself. Clients with assets depend on their divorce lawyer skills in these matters. 
Offices in Philadelphia, Radnor, and Allentown, Pennsylvania, and Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. Michelle Ferrari, licensed in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Online at CordellCordell.com. Peace of mind is knowing that everything will be taken care of when a disaster occurs. Hi, this is Skip Bell of Service Master Restore. If your home or business sustains damage from a fire, flood, or some other disaster, we are here to handle complete emergency cleanup, restoration, and reconstruction. This includes helping you navigate the insurance claims process. No one ever expects to need our service, but if you do, remember Service Master. Masters of Service, serving the master. Call 610-374-1881. PA4208. Take the chill off with a cup of Chef Tim's award-winning chili. You'll be bringing hope and warmth to the community because Blankets of Hope will provide blankets and beds for someone in need. Thanks to the chili sale Saturday, February 10th. Visit Humane PA, 1729 North 11th Street in the city of Reading from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. They'll be serving cups and quarts of Chef Tim's regular chili and veggie chili. Remember the date, Saturday, February 10th at Humane, Pennsylvania in the city of Reading. No regrets. You'll never regret switching to Erie Insurance, where you'll always be treated fairly. It's easy. No J.D. Power ranked us highest in customer satisfaction with the auto insurance purchase experience two years in a row. So get a quote today. Call Cross Keys Insurance, 610-916-6190, or go to crosskeysins.com. For J.D. Power award information, go to jdpower.com. Erie Insurance. Historical weather on this day, February 3rd, 1917. Temperatures dipping into the 30s in Florida is rare, but it sometimes happens. Temperatures dipping into the 20s is even rarer, but never happens much below central Florida. But on this day in 1917, an all-time record for the time was set in Miami. A bitter 27 degrees chilled the far southern Florida city, leaving residents looking for clothes to bundle up with. Historical weather on this day researches multiple weather sources for our segment and is an educational community service production of Monsoon Mike's Weather. Your AccuWeather forecast from News Talk 830, WEEU. Here is the exclusive three-day AccuWeather forecast. Sunny skies, high today 47. It'll be clear tonight, low 25. Sunny skies on Sunday, the high tomorrow at 50. And then a sunny day for Monday, high Monday 47. This is Steve Williams reporting for News Talk 830, WEEU. Back to more of your calls on Jack's Backyard, here on The Voice, 8.30 a.m. W.E.E.U. And right now we're looking at 35 degrees, 35 outside your AccuWeather station, W.E.E.U. Back to the phones we go, up to Shuey and say good morning to Nancy. Nancy, how are you this morning? Well, I'm hanging in there, and I wanted to say thank you for bringing the sunshine back, Mr. Sunshine. <laughs> thank you. And also thank the station for keeping you on the air because you are a treasured uh, value of the uh, of the area, not just the first county, but of the area. Thank you. We truly uh, you. appreciate it, and we all learn. We all learn every every Saturday. Uh, I couldn't get online last week, but I learned. And I did email you. Uh, the way to tell a female bluebird uh, from little on up, they're born with a white eye ring. So they will have that for the rest of their life. So you can tell, no matter if it's an immature or if it's an older uh, bluebird, they have a white eye ring, and that's the female. Okay. Just a female? Just a female. Okay. Yeah, that's what I've observed over the last 20-some years. That Because uh, I could not tell either what the difference was. But <clears throat> then I realized and I noticed, hey, 
um, it's the white eye ring. I did some studying on it too, but it's the white eye ring, how you can tell uh, no matter what the age or what the color, and that's that's the difference. I'm glad we see we know a little bit more today. Yes. Well, you know, I just call, I have a, for some, well, for some reason I'm getting a bunch of, fin- I call them finches. I don't know what they are. To me, they're brown birds. But uh, I finally got a lot of those in with the, with the weather and stuff, and I'm happy about that because there's nothing like waking up in the morning and just seeing your birds um, just chirping and just, you know, happy because they have food, and, and it's, just, it's just a blessing. It really is. I totally agree with that, absolutely. Yeah, my birds were gone for about three months, and I didn't know what happened or where they were, but <clears throat> they're finally back, and, and that's another, my bluebirds, that's another uh, good thing to get up and to look in the morning when it's dreary and cloudy and everything else. So, yeah, God is good, and um, uh, happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Uh, just uh, love each other because that's, you know, that's all we have. Very well said, my dear. All right. You take care. You too. Bye. Bye. This is the backyard as we move merrily along. And uh, let's see where we are here. We're going to, (laughs) once I push this button, (laughs) I'll try this hand. (laughs) There we go. I got the right button and I got it down. Avery, good morning to you. How are you this morning? (laughs) Good morning, Jack. As usual, it may be 35 and sunny outside, but your voice makes the temperature go up to 70 at least. Um, <laughs> I have a question for you. You're welcome. I have a question for you. If the eagles are nesting now, what month do they actually hatch the eggs? Uh, well, they, the, the eggs should hatch uh, probably in March. Uh, and That's the, and and they will be they will be leaving the nest come late May or June. Wow. Okay. Another question, if you can answer this: When the birds or when the eagles are born, do you know possibly how much they weigh? Not. I don't remember how much uh, when they weigh when they're born. Uh, but the, they certainly grow very fast. They, they, I think the eagles reach um, five to seven pounds, somewhere, somewhere in there. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. And, again, we want to wish you a very, very beautiful, happy Valentine's Day to you and your family. God bless you. Stay safe. And keep that voice rolling along because we need you every charity morning. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you, Avery. You're welcome. You stay well. Bye-bye. This is The Backyard. We're right now 27 minutes past the hour of 8 o'clock. Good morning time right here in the backyard. By the way, I wanted to mention that during the opening today, I mentioned Middle Creek. Uh, as of the yesterday, they had, like, when counted, about three to 400 uh, snow geese, but they made uh, earlier, I guess on the 31st, there were like 3,000, and uh, the folks at Middle Creek expect that number to grow today and perhaps with the weather forecast and the open water and, of course, the open fields, uh, those numbers probably will go up uh, dramatically. So, uh, and by the way, I wanted to mention that you can just Google uh, Middle Creek Wildlife Management Area, and when you do, it'll come up, and then you can just check down 
with the snow geese. Um, they have a map and everything else for you. Uh, the uh, website, by the way, is middlecreekatpa.gov, middlecreekatpa.gov. And if you want to call, they have a phone uh, to let you know, a phone number to let you know what n- number of birds or what's being seen. Uh, they're on top of that all the time, especially now as we uh, <laughs> get closer to the large numbers which always appear about this time of year, maybe just a little bit later at, um, at Middle Creek Wildlife Management Area. The phone number is 717-733-1512. 717-733-1512. Or you can go to middlecreekatpa.gov. I'll keep that information handy for those of you that uh, want to get up there. And as you know, it can be very, very busy, extremely busy. So I would, uh, and they they have advice, and you can check it out. Uh, Just go to that website that I mentioned, and you'll get all the information you need. By the way, uh, Bill sent me some information that I want to pass along. Um, There will be a total solar eclipse, a total solar eclipse April 8th. And uh, that we'll be able to see, I guess. Um, And it will be the last one until, uh, what, August, I guess, of 2044. August of 2044. So this one will take place April 8th, 2024, with the next one in August of 2044. So thank you uh, for that, Bill. I do appreciate it. 29 past the hour of 8 o'clock. We're in hour number one of the backyard right here on WEEU. And uh, that means it's just about the right time to say good morning to our friend Bill Urich. Bill, good morning. How are you today? Oh, I'm bright and sunny, I think. I like that. I like that. Very <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah, it's a beautiful morning. And I'm actually on my way to the Heritage Center for the wellness walk that uh, the Berks County Parks is doing. And um, they've been reporting like a screech owl has been roosting along the Union Canal towpath there. I'm hoping to maybe get a look at that little guy if uh, we're lucky enough to see him when he's popped out there. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it was an interesting call from uh, Brent, I think, uh, earlier on the eagles out in western Berks. Um, That's that's been really, there's been one pair, nesting pair, since I think the mid-90s at least, mid to late 90s, that has moved around at, to various places out in Western Berks and Marion Township. And yeah, I think uh, in Upper Tulpahawken Township along Bordner Road, there's an eagle's nest that's up um, on some power lines that move from the tree line up to the power line. I don't know if they're the same pair or the same, you know, traditional tradition of pairing, um, that was there for all those years uh, out out in Marion Township, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um, there has have been those, and I've I've mentioned this in the show before, but there have been those farmland eagles that really are are interesting because you know there, there's no large bodies of water around, just some creeks and things, but they've been able to nest and and thrive out in those farmland areas, and not only in Berks County but also throughout the state, Lancaster County, and things like that. So, yeah, bald eagles, they're, they're out there. And as you say, there's 
more and more of them and more and more of them nesting. And now's the time to be taking a look at when we're seeing bald eagles, you know, is there, nest, is there any nest building activity? And start getting into the whole bird atlas thing with that, too. Yeah, I was I was looking and checking the uh, farmland uh, camera uh, this week, and I guess it was on Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, and there was mm-hmm. no activity at the nest at all, and I okay. it certainly should be soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you would expect in the next couple of weeks to, things to start getting rolling. But um, last week, it was, it was kind of cool. I, you know, after I talked to you, I had to go out on some assignments, and I was heading up to the Ole Valley to Ole High School to shoot a basketball game when, you know, I saw lots of snow geese. <laughs> The Ole Valley is really. Mm, yeah. you, know, you were you're talking about you were talking about the um, Middle Creek and the numbers, the low numbers there right now, but um, Rudy was out the other day um, and gave me a call, and I, I got out there to Gottwald's Pond and he estimated there were ten thousand snow geese wow. in, the, in the area in the fields around there and I got some some photographs of those I hope will be appearing in the paper at some point but the um, yeah, and it was just—I don't know. Every once in a while, I maybe you—you know, you know me. I'm jaded, I guess. I'm <laughs> jaded. But uh, to be standing there, there's just something about standing in the middle of a migration spectacle that just—you know—the beginning of February, you know, the whole dead of winter, and emerging into spring, and to see and just be in the middle of a migration spectacle is one of those things about nature that just makes you, you know, explode a little bit and just appreciative of being here, being able yeah. to look up at the sky and things. Um, so, yeah, I, if you don't want to go down to Middle Creek and battle those crowds, there's a, there's a quite a significant snow goose uh, population right now uh, working around the Ole Valley. I received, uh, I think, th- at least three or four emails this week with photographs of mm-hmm. uh, the snow geese in the Ole Valley. Yeah, yeah, that's I, I, I can't go to Mill Creek anymore because it's just too much, you know, too many people and everything. But um, yeah, the just being there in, in the Ole Valley, in the middle of the ten thousand or more snow geese, was really, really quite a spectacular thing. Yeah. Well, I'm also trying to get myself going to do the Atlas. So I guess the next few months we'll be talking about uh, how we're doing with the Atlasing projects. But maybe, you know, we'll see how that, that develops. I, I'm, I'm not doing well with, with the codes and everything else. I have to do some more reading and <laughs> research and, and just test out the portal. Oh, God, there's portals and things oh, uh, on eBird and so, so it's going to be interesting, and I, I hope to be doing some, some things with, with the Atlas and with the Hawk Mountain's participation in the Atlas. So, it, uh, it's, yeah, the groundhog was right. Hopefully, uh, Phil and, pa- and Patty Pagoda were right. Maybe we'll have an early spring, and we'll just have a great, um, you know, little migration and nesting season coming up. So I think we can be hopeful that the next few months is just going to be just really a good, good experience out in nature. Bill, are are we seeing um, too much uh, technical, digital, <laughs> whatever? Uh, uh, for for uh, us, yeah, yeah. For you and I, for you and me, it's it's. I think we're 
we're, we're just on the cusp of being beyond hope, I think. <laughs> being able to, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, being able to handle all these, uh, yeah, when, you, when you, I'm out or when I see younger bird watchers, I go, ah, you know, and just going on eBird, I've been going on eBird a lot. I mean, Mike Slater can speak to this. He's, he's an expert on that. And, but just the, the, what is capable, what, the, the amount of data and scientific, you know, veracity that is is that that they're able to mm-hmm, get mm-hmm. Uh, to be able to pinpoint specific locations for things, you know, down to several hundred feet. You know, those are those are advancements that you know we were you, know, you couldn't even comprehend that twenty or thirty years ago. I, I'm so, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of blown away. Just take. Uh, Merlin, for example, the app for your yeah. phone, uh, right, and, and right. Uh, the, the feedback I'm getting and, and the, the thrill, and I guess there are other yeah. words too, but the actual thrill of being able to identify a bird through that and, and yeah. to know that it's there and you have just, you know, take your phone with you when you bird watch and uh, yeah. answer yeah, the questions for you. Yeah, I'm wondering about that. It, it is magical. I mean, I've, I've turned Merlin on too um, occasionally. When, when I when I can't hear things anymore, my, my hearing's gone, and it's almost magical the way birds will appear on the display uh, that you know Merlin is picking up, mm-hmm. and it almost reminds you of the old days in the dark room watching a photograph, you know, come up oh. in the developer, you know, to see these birds keep popping up on your phone. It's like, huh, you know, <laughs> whoa. Uh, so it's 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 a fascinating thing, and we can be purists and say, but you know, it's only a tool and don't get too involved with it or get too, yeah. um, you know, too, that's the final word. It's always nice just to be able to hear a bird and be able to say, yes, that's a, that, you know, that's this bird. And Merlin, if Merlin helps us with that, then that's, that's excellent yeah. uh, use of that tool. Well, as always, a pleasure chatting with you, young man, and I hope you have a good week and uh, you see some good birds. Thank you. I'm going to take a walk in the sunshine and hopefully see a screech owl this morning. Hopefully. We'll see. All right. Good luck. (laughs) Okay. Talk to you next week. Okay. Take care, Bill. Bill Urick, Saturday, every Saturday about this time right here in in the backyard. I was trying to think, uh, you know, as – as the 23 years have gone by and trying to pick out some of the highlights, some of the things that have really stood out, and I, I think the, the Cornell's Merlin app has to be probably one of the, uh, the, the most exciting, the newest, and the, the, the contribution, if you will, to the, the birding community. It's, uh, it's just totally amazing. This is The Backyard. And uh, let's say good morning to Peggy. Peggy, how are you today? Good morning. I'm doing fine. Good to hear from you. The blinds up in a beautiful sunny day. Yes, indeed. I just had a curious question. Uh, Yesterday I was over uh, outside of the running rehab area, broadcasting square area, Mm -hmm. and I heard geese, and I looked up. It looked like just regular Canadian geese in their V formation, flying north and i thought isn't it early for geese to be flying back north or do they know something from the groundhogs that yes spring's coming Uh, those probably peggy are local geese 
The, okay. the year-round residents, I mean, I see them flying over West Reading all the time, almost all year long. Okay. Uh, but they, these are the, the local geese. Uh, I haven't, uh, I've, I heard uh, snow geese moving the other day. Uh, I haven't heard or seen Canada geese, you know, uh, coming back home uh, yet, but I'm sure they will very shortly. Okay, well, they, they weren't white, so I thought, well, I don't think they're snow geese. They look just like the regular, sure. ordinary geese that we see. Um, and it just, I was startled at first, like, am I hearing geese, you know? What the heck's going on? I thought they'd be south by now, but I didn't realize, you know, that uh, if there is a significant population in the area that are here year-round. Yeah, the, uh, the snow... Uh, the, for example, if you would go to Middle Creek, in addition to the snow geese, you'll also see a very large population of Canada geese, uh-huh. and and those are the ones perhaps getting ready to move north uh, yeah. as well. So uh, it, it could be, but normally the migration, when you take note of it, you, you will note the height uh, oh. is usually quite high compared to the local geese who... Uh, uh, I, I guess don't stretch their wings quite that much. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, these weren't way high. They were fairly low. Yeah. 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 Okay. I just thought, well, maybe it's a good sign that Poxitoni was right, and, you know, <laughs> they're heading back up north again. <laughs> they know things we don't. Th- th- nature does. <laughs> That's true. Yes. Okay, well, thank you. Good to talk to you, Peggy. <laughs> All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. This is Jack's Backyard. Well, let's see. Where are we here? We're uh, 19 minutes before 9. News at the top of the hour. Then master naturalist Mike Slater joins us at uh, 9.05. Let's go to Douglasville and say good morning to Carrie. How are you this morning, young lady? Good morning. I'm not that young anymore. Uh, (laughs) I was in a store the other day, and this wonderful woman came up to me. And I was on the phone. I usually don't like when people are on the phone. Um, because it's kind of rude to other customers. Needless to say, uh, she said, are you Caroline? And I thought, oh, my God, I didn't say anything to anybody or do anything. And she said, I know you from Jack's, I know your voice from Jack's backyard. And I said, <laughs> oh, my God. So I thought that was really nice. Um, and I also had a snow goose in my yard. Ah, uh, It was not alive. It was dead. Oh. Now, my brother-in-law had said, uh, we live right on 724. We own the property right across from our house. He said to throw it over the embankment, let the night critters get it. My husband said, let it stay where it's at and let the night critters get it. Unless my wonderful neighbors have picked it up or something, I said, let's bury it. I also had thought of, uh, there's a new taxidermy on 724. I thought about maybe getting its head. Uh, it was I d- a beautiful. I don't believe you can do that, but. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Yeah. You can you can check with but them. What do you think? What do you think happened? Do you? I, I mean, no we do idea. have foxes. I have. You mean they killed it? Uh, well, I thought maybe it flew too high. People have drones around here. Oh my! Um, that that that's something. We could talk about sometime because yes, drones are a problem with some of the birds. But it's, it's it hard. Just to, sad to, yeah, it's, it's sad to see, but hard to say exactly what happened. Yeah, unless somebody would have had an autopsy, but 
I mean, it's a wild bird. So. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, um, please don't forget, even though we've had all this rain, give the water for the birds. Very well said, And everybody Karen. have a blessed weekend and get out and enjoy the sun. Yeah, amen. <laughs> Thank you, Carrie. <laughs> Take care, Jack. Bye-bye. This is The Backyard right here on <laughs> WEEU, the voice of Berks County and beyond. All righty, where are we here? We're right here. There we go. Jim, how are you today, young man, up there in Northern Berks? I'm still kicking. I'm not driving anymore, I mean, as far as the truck goes, but uh, otherwise I'm doing fine. Good to hear from you again. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, I got a, a catalog on butterflies and moths. And I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's Prairie Moon Nursery, and uh, it. I didn't realize that the butterflies and uh, and the moths and things have certain plants that they cater to. Or, oh yes. You know, it's a very interesting catalog, uh, and it shows all the different plants that that the and it shows a butterfly or a moth on each picture. It's it's. It's just, you know, I didn't. I, I just didn't realize that there were so many plants that cater only oh, to certain yes. certain uh, butterflies and moths. So, uh, Jim, the, the catalog sells seed. Is that it, or yes? Okay. They sell seed. They tell you how to. Some of the seeds aren't super expensive. The small packs are only three dollars, and uh, they some of some of these plants take two years to get. To, to, to show or mm-hmm. to come up, mm-hmm. you know. It sounds really interesting. Uh, I have another question. There's the eagles that are at Hamburg across from uh, the, the gas station there, I've noticed about a month ago that some, they, there's about a couple hundred feet of plastic, black plastic, at least 12 feet high, right Along 61 on the west side. Why? Why is that there? It, it it's where the eagles have their nest. Is it is that in, put there for the eagles, or, or or why is that there? Is it in the tree? No, it's along the road. It's right, right. It, it's just inside the guardrails. Is it a know. is it a fence? Well, it, it's black plastic. It's solid. Huh, it's I, yeah, I think twelve feet high. And I thought maybe it's to protect the eagle's nest that's there along 61, but I don't know. I, the, I never heard, heard anybody say anything. The eagle's nest is way off the road, though. It, yes. is, it, isn't, it isn't close to the road. But it, it, you can see it from the road. Yes, what, yes, yes. I don't know if they, this was put up there to, to help protect them, because a couple years ago one flew down, a young one flew down and got hit uh, along the road. Yeah, that's a good know. question. Maybe somebody can answer that for us, uh, Jim. I, I, I don't. I think it was mentioned once before, but and we didn't get any response. So maybe okay. somebody f- has found out and and would let us know here in the backyard. That would be interesting. I would agree. So, well, it's good talking to you, and th- I'm glad you're you're staying because I, now that I'm basically at home, retired, why. I listen to you every Saturday. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I know you used to listen to when you were on the road as well. Right. 
So you I, mean, t- I, got, I got to see a lot of things on the road that, yes. you know, it was an interesting time. I remember I saw that elk that had been hit and was off the road a ways, and I noticed that the crows that were feeding on that elk were different, and I mentioned that to you, and you said there's different species out in that area. Well, probably a raven in addition to crow, yes. So, uh... Well, it's good okay. talking to you, Jim. Thanks yep. so much for the call. Keep us posted. Thank you. Bye-bye. This is Jack's Backyard, and we'll be right back after these messages from folks who like the program, so they sponsor it. They are our cuddlers and co-workers, per-machines and love bugs, and constant companions. They are our pets, our family, and they make life so much better. When we face unexpected challenges in life, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people who love their pets and the pets who love their people, ensuring these families stay exactly where they belong, together. And you have something to offer. With an open heart and mind, there is nothing you can't do. There's no gesture too small or too big when it comes to helping. Whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home, every bit of kindness counts. You can help keep pets and people together. Visit petsandpeopletogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Jason, this furnace is struggling again. Should we get someone to fix it or just donate it straight to the museum? Wow, that is a real piece of history right there. Can I be of service? When you don't know what to do, when you're worried your older model furnace might be truly beyond hope, one man will be by your side, fighting for truth, justice, and a few more years of heat. Speaking of history, is archery still a thing? I'm the H.L. Bowman Bowman. And did you know that the furnace technicians at H.L. Bowman have the parts and experience to repair even the most quaintly outdated furnace and have you feeling cozy again in no time? I feel cozy just hearing you say that. Ashley, I'm standing right here. Not in tights, you're not. Visit hlbowman.com. Looking for fresh meats and produce? A quick meal on the go? Unique handmade gifts? Or just looking to meet a friend for breakfast? Look no further than Shillington Farmer's Market, with over 25 local vendors who love to serve their community. Visit ShillingtonFarmersMarket.com or follow them on Instagram and Facebook for weekly specials, events, and more. Shillington Farmer's Market, big enough to serve you, small enough to know you. Open Thursday through Saturday at 10 South Summit Avenue, Shillington. Come to Classic Harley-Davidson for the 9th Annual Take the Chill Off Chili Fest for Blankets of Hope Saturday, February 10th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. We'll have Ice Angels serving chili, music by Acoustic Carrot, chances to win a trip to Disney, sipping on some brews with Pagoda City Brewing, plus so much more while you're helping those in need. Enjoy Chef Tim's iconic chili in bowls, quarts, or trays. And you can make a pre-order for the big game. It all happens Saturday, February 10th at Classic Harley-Davidson, Route 183 in Burn Township. We return to Jack's Backyard. Here's your host, Jack Holcomb. And there is no chili like uh, Chef Tim's chili. So, so good. 
this is uh, the backyard. By the way, Linda just popped into the studio to tell me a caller said that black plastic or that black wall fencing, whatever it might be, was there for protection because there are so many accidents in that area, perhaps from people uh, that were gazing at the eagles or something. So that's uh, what it's there for, to prevent accidents. So thank you to the caller for that information. I think it's time we journeyed to Lee Heighton and say good morning to Mark. How are you this morning, Mark? Are you there, Mark? Oh, Lee Heighton? Yes, Lee Heighton, yes. No, actually, I'm in Mountain. Oh, Mountain, I'm sorry. Okay, yes. I'm no, sorry. No this is my first time talking to Jack after years and years of listening. Your email this week encouraged me to call in for the first time. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. So you were talking about Merlin being the greatest, um, one of the biggest things in a long time. It's been such a help in learning new birds. I sent you an email recently about my trip to Germany, and yes. I, I learned so many birds so quickly, just seeing them and being able to identify them immediately. So when you went to Germany and you took the Merlin with you, could they identify the, the uh, European birds? Yes, just like other apps, there's packs for each region. So I, I loaded a European at, um, a group, and therefore, you know, both um, um, Merlin and iBird and, and apps like that have areas. That's good to know. I didn't know that. I did not know that, Mark. The same way with Western uh, United States. Yes, they're, they're yeah. Grouping. And, and the funny part about Merlin is um, I have a really large area of bamboo next to my house where um, – Every evening, the cardinals go into them and they chirp when they're going, you know, the end of the day during dusk. Mm -hmm. A couple of weeks ago, that chirping got way louder, and I was trying to figure out why it sounded different. So I used Merlin, and I realized it wasn't just the cardinals, it was the white throated sparrows were also in there. <laughs> and this time of year, a lot of birds have that same kind of chirping sound as opposed to their normal song. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's great. I, I did have a I did have a question I've been wanting to ask you for a while, though. I've been wondering your thoughts um, about the size and the color of male and female birds. Um, different species sometimes vary, and sometimes they're indistinguishable. For instance, like a blue jay, yes. the male and female look identical, the size, coloration, everything. Yes. Hawks, you have a larger male, a uh, larger female, female. smaller male. Mm -hmm. And then others, they're so visibly different. And even, even like Downey and, and Harry Woodpeckers are completely different species, but yet they have the same markings and different sizes. Yeah, there's a, the, the red on the head, uh, the little red dot on the head is one way to tell the difference. Right. I was just curious, why, why do you think some birds like the blue jay, the male and female are, are indistinguishable, but yet like a goldfinch you have a, a brilliant yellow and then a dull brown I think that that is a legitimate question that I can't answer, Mark. I, uh, I, <laughs> but I, I know what you mean. Uh, the same thing with robins and blue jays, certainly, and uh, some of the other birds as well uh, are are very much alike. Uh, perhaps the female might be a little bit larger than the male, or vice versa, but nonetheless, it, it it's confusing. Uh, and but I, I don't have a definite answer for you why some birds are like that and some birds are not. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I did have another trip I took out west um, last year out to Arizona, and same thing. The Merlin app was such a benefit. 
but one of your callers right before we had mentioned was talking about how a Eurasian collar dove sounds like our doves, only the, the song is completely different. Mm-hmm. And same thing, when we were walking around, we heard one and immediately knew, oh, that's what we heard on Jack's. Was, there's that other call that yeah. doesn't sound quite right. And within just a couple of days, we, we picked up 17 new birds that oh, were great. either variants of what we have here or completely different things you've never heard of. Isn't that great? Oh, that that's when you have that number, you you just have to stand in awe because it, it's 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 hard to keep track of all of the new ones. That that's that's great. That's great. That, absolutely. The highlight was after all week of seeing these new birds, we kept thinking the biggest thing that we want to see is a roadrunner. You know, you always hear about the desert roadrunners and how interesting they are. Mm-hmm. All week we looked and looked and looked, couldn't find one. The very last night we were there. We went to the Phoenix. Um, it was a botanical garden. The sun was starting to set. The day was almost over. We were about to get on an airplane and leave. And out of nowhere, a roadrunner came running out of the brush onto the trail in front of us, and he did a dust bath for about five to ten minutes, <laughs> rolled around in the dust. And we just looked at each other and looked at the bird and went, this couldn't possibly be happening. And just as quick as he appeared, he ran back off into the brush, and that was the highlight of the entire trip of seeing that one oh roadrunner. That, that's great. That's great. This is, you know, listening to you and, and your discoveries, it's just wonderful, and I think that's what makes bird watching so fascinating, Mark. You never know what you're going to see. That's for sure. That's for sure. Thanks for sharing with us. Thank you, Jack. I appreciate listening to you. Thank you for the call, and do call again. Absolutely. Bye-bye. This is Jack's Backyard. Saturday mornings right here on WEEU. Yes, WEEU in Reading, the voice of Berks County and beyond. We're coming up on news. So, Linda, I don't have a chance to chat with you this morning, so uh, this hour, but if you want to hold or give us a call next hour, I would really, uh, really appreciate that. I want to. <laughs> if you heard the start of the program today, and I hope you did, you heard that. Uh, I was blessed. Linda and I were blessed with uh, the new owner, uh, John Treese, uh, came in with uh, cupcakes that his wife Christine and daughters had made for us in celebration of our 23 years, which was the event that took place on February 1st, 23 years ago. <sighs> Time flies when you're having fun. And think of the think of think of the time and, and all of the things that we've learned during that time. And you, you have, but so have I. And it's just it, it well, it boggles my mind. And but now I have cupcakes to to, <laughs> to enjoy. And and thanks again. That was that was great. And uh, John uh, Trees he actually took a picture of me blowing out a candle on one of the cupcakes in celebration. So that. Uh, that was very nice. And his, his phone didn't break, which is kind of amazing as well. Well, let's see. We have to uh, break for news. That's coming up next for you. On, whoop, uh, that's a reminder right there. From ABC, then we'll be right back. And, of course, as per usual, our good friend, Master Naturalist Mike Slater, will join us following that news at 9. And then all of those lines are open for you at 610-374-8800 or toll-free 888-401-0459.
Great to have your company today. Talk 830 WEEU, Reading. From ABC News, I'm Brian Clark. A week after three U.S. service members were killed in a drone strike in Jordan, the U.S. military carried out its promised retaliation, striking more than 80 targets in Syria and Iraq. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said, These targets were carefully selected to avoid civilian casualties and based on uh, a clear, irrefutable evidence that they were connected to attacks on U.S. personnel in the region. The U.S. has blamed Iranian-backed militias for the attack. Iraq says 16 people were killed in the country. There could be news on a border deal in Washington. The Senate, a bipartisan group in the Senate, says they have an agreement in place to increase border funding while also providing funds for countries like Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. ABC's Ike Jachi has more. Something new that's being discussed among lawmakers is the creation of a brand new border emergency authority that will have the power to shut down the border. The issue at hand is finding a deal that could attract the support of both parties. But this may prove to be a task too difficult. It's not clear if this will pass the House as former President Trump has voiced his opposition to the bill. President Biden is expected to win today's Democratic primary in South Carolina, but ABC's Mary Alice Parks in Columbia says the vote will actually represent a major test of the president's reelection bid. Four years ago, it was Democratic voters here that really saved President Biden's campaign and propelled him onto the nomination. And this year, they say their strategy is simple. They are trying to connect and really energize black voters who historically have been such a reliable voting block for the Democratic Party. But there has been real anxiety about whether that kind of support has been slipping for the Biden administration. Authorities in Southern California urging residents to prepare for heavy rains that could bring damaging flooding. You're listening to ABC News. Valentine's Day is here. This year, give the ultimate gift. Name a star after your sweetheart. This is Rocky Moselle with International Star Registry. For 45 years, we've named millions of stars for celebrities, dignitaries, and individuals worldwide. For $59 and a call to 800-282-3333 or visit StarRegistry.com, you can give the most memorable gift. The star you name will be recorded in book form in the U.S. Copyright Office. Visit StarRegistry.com or call 800-282-3333. Valentine's Day is here. This year, give the ultimate gift. Name a star after your sweetheart. This is Rocky Moselle with International Star Registry. For 45 years, we've named millions of stars for celebrities, dignitaries, and individuals worldwide. For $59 and a call to 800-282-3333 or visit StarRegistry.com, you can give the most memorable gift. The star you name will be recorded in book form in the U.S. Copyright Office. Visit StarRegistry.com or call 800-282-3333. The teacher strike is over in one of the largest districts in Massachusetts. We will never be beaten. We are the Newton Public Schools. 
Union President Mike Ziles celebrating Friday night after a new four-year agreement was reached. Schools have been closed for 11 days. U.S. Geological Survey says there was a 5.1 magnitude earthquake near Oklahoma City late Friday. There have been no major damage or injuries reported so far. Michigan juries expected to begin deliberations Monday in the manslaughter trial of a mother whose son shot and killed four people at his school. ABC's Trevor Alt has the latest from Michigan. Jennifer Crumbly charged with those four unprecedented counts of involuntary manslaughter. The prosecution claiming she was too wrapped up in her own hobbies and extramarital affairs to pay attention to her son's cries for help. She walked out of that school when just the smallest, smallest of things could have saved, could have helped Hannah and Tate and Madison and Justin. Crumbly's defense attorney countering, claiming the prosecution cherry-picked evidence to turn the jury against her. 2.2 million Teslas, almost all that have been sold in the U.S., are under recall because of an instrument panel warning light that's too small, which the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says can increase the risk of a crash. A software update will fix the problem. Brian Clark, ABC News. Valentine's Day is here. This year, give the ultimate gift. Name a star after your sweetheart. This is Rocky Moselle with International Star Registry. For 45 years, we've named millions of stars for celebrities, dignitaries, and individuals worldwide. For $59 and a call to 800-282-3333 or visit StarRegistry.com, you can give the most memorable gift. The star you name will be recorded in book form in the U.S. Copyright Office. Visit StarRegistry.com or call 800-282-3333. Turn to Jack's Backyard. Here's your host, Jack Holcomb. Thank you, thank you very much, and good morning once again, everyone. Yours truly, Jack Holcomb, here along with producer Linda as we roll merrily along, celebrating 23 years right here in the backyard, and neither one of us has gotten any older. That, that's, a, that, that's a dream. Uh, thanks again to the uh, Treases, the new owners, and to Christine and her daughters for the cupcakes, which, <laughs> which we're celebrating and enjoying today as we celebrate 23 years right here in the backyard. So thank you very much. And you stay tuned because the, uh, the Treese Media Group is just getting so much ready for you to enjoy right here on WEEU. So be patient. We'll be there with all kinds of good stuff, as it were. Speaking of good stuff, let us say good morning to Master Naturalist Mike Slater. Mike, good morning. How are you? 
Good morning, Jack. I'm enjoying the sun just like everyone else. Oh, yes, for and it looks like it'll be around for a couple of days. Yeah, according to the weather on Channel 8 from Lancaster last night, we had exactly one sunny day in January. That's amazing. I know I had a lot. I heard a lot of complaints about that, but it's good to see the sun. Absolutely. Yeah. So last week I forgot to tell you about our big ornithological happening of that week before, way back when we still had snow on the ground and it was cold. Remember that? It seems like ancient history. Yes. Um, the robins showed up at our holly tree. Now is that unusual? No, it's an annual event. It was like the you know, swallows coming back to Capistrano or the snow geese uh-huh. to Middle Creek. The robins came to our holly tree. That's great. Wonderful. So we had hundreds for several days, and as we usually do. But there was one thing that was different this year. Usually they drop a lot of berries and then just leave them lie on the ground or on the snow under the tree. Mm-hmm. Here... They picked them all up. They ate everything. Wow. I went over the tree with my binoculars, and I found exactly three holly berries left. They missed three. That's amazing. And a good number, too. That, that's to have that many robins at one time. Yep. They just come back and forth, and they they must have a route or know the, the places because they all seem to be coming. They I watched them fly in from the direction of Alleghenyville a mile away. Mm-hmm. So there must be a holly tree over there. So I was thinking your program is the perfect place for people to tell us if they have a holly tree and an American holly tree in particular. They're the spiny-leaved big ones that have berries on the new wood. The English hollies, which some people might have, um, have the flowers on the two-year-old wood. Mm-hmm. So they're back further, and the the... Chinese and Japanese hollies have smaller spines or no spines at all on their leaves. So, But if anyone has American hollies and they've had robins come and eat them, I'd, I'd like to know if these robins just make the rounds through the area and go from tree to tree or if they only come to the holly trees at a certain point in time or what. Because we, they were a little bit early. We usually think of them as coming with the mid-February snowstorm. Mm-hmm, but. Mm-hmm. They were here. Mike, do they know when those berries are ripe? That's what I don't know. I don't know if they're waiting, if they're like a, a food of that has to sit and age in the freezing cold for several months before they want to eat it, or if they just you know, have other food and then this is what they get to, or if they're eating... Maybe they go and eat the holly bills, holly berries over in the Oli Valley in December and come here every spring. I don't know. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Uh, did you see any cedar waxwings with them? No, the, the cedar waxwings don't seem to do the holly berries. Hmm. There's a lot of berries they eat in common, like pyracantha and other things, but there were no waxwings with them. Again, that's normal. Yeah. A question earlier in the program uh, came up, and that is uh, determining the difference uh, between a male and female blue jay and robins, that, that where the male and female look very much alike. Uh, I, I, blue I, jays. I, I, go ahead. Yeah, blue jays, I don't know of a way, unless you have it and you're banding and you have it in the hand and you can yeah. peek. 
by blowing on the feathers. Mm-hmm. On robins, you can tell the difference. The male's heads are very black, and the female's heads are a dark gray. Okay. And that's quite noticeable. I, I didn't realize that. But is, is, is the female larger in songbirds as compared to some, like, raptors? No, it's usually the other way around. The females, I think, and the songbirds are usually a little smaller. Okay, okay. Now, juvenile birds, fresh out of the nest, actually often weigh more than their parents. Like, they've fattened them up so they can survive the dangerous first mm-hmm. few weeks or months out of the nest. But the, as far as I know, in the songbirds, uh, the females are mostly slightly smaller than the males. Is, is There's an educational process involved with the young and fending for themselves? Uh, but yeah, and some birds, the parents teach them. Like, apparently, I'd love to watch it. If anyone's ever seen this, let me know. Apparently, belted kingfishers teach their kids how to fish. I'll be darned. I want, I want to see that someday. Yeah. I've been waiting over 50 years, and I still haven't seen that. But um, but many birds, the, the young hang out um, with the parents for a few weeks and watch them. Some, like, you know, um, hawks have to teach themselves after a while, red-tailed mm-hmm. and, and rough-legged hawks, and that's why they have such a large mortality in the first yeah. in the first year because it, it, there's a big learning curve. I don't know if the learning curve for to be a baby sparrow is easier than to be a baby hawk. Somehow I doubt it is. <laughs> One, another question for you. The, uh, most people, including yours truly, uh, have seen the Cooper's hawk come in and completely, uh, uh, whether they get a bird or not, their presence alone keeps the birds away. Uh, I get emails, and I'm sure you do too, uh, is there any way you can keep that Cooper's hawk, sharpshin hawk away from your feeders? Be- um, besides, stop yeah, feeding. <laughs> yeah, you can put the if the feeders are where there's some branches or twigs around. Um, when I've had that be really hard, what I do is stick a bunch of bare fallen tree branches up that are as tall as the feeder mm-hmm, around mm-hmm. and into the ground. You have to plan ahead you can't do it when the ground's frozen of course but then that just gives a little deterrence from the hawk zipping through and the birds a chance to you know get behind something and escape and that seemed to work pretty well for me when i've had a cooper's hawk really hanging around the feeders yeah I, I, I'm well, what, a, one the, the other thing you have to do is make sure you don't put the branches close enough to the feeders that the squirrels can jump from the branches <laughs> to the feeders. <laughs> so it's a balancing act. Do you know that I got I've got to mention this. Uh, my wife discovered uh, we the big can that we have for the bird food. The uh, and this is a, is a metal can with a heavy top. Now this is um, I don't remember the gallon wise, but it's a it's a large can. And the squirrel actually lifted the metal top, and and got into the food. I was okay. I just, You've got yourself an Einstein squirrel there, don't it's you? It's just absolutely incredible. So now there's a, a big brick on top of it, and the squirrel can't can't get into the can't get into yeah, the can. Yeah, but the squirrel's probably going to the gym weightlifting, getting. <laughs> I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Oh well. 
that one of the joys of watching squirrels and uh, see what nature has to deal with. Good to talk to you, Mike. Great to talk to you. Congratulations on the 23 years. Well, thank you for being part of it, too. I appreciate that, Mike. Bye. Bye-bye. This is The Backyard. So good to have you along. 610-374-8800. Out of the area, toll-free, 888-401-0459. Well, let's see. Uh, should I speak? I don't have to. No, I'm not, I don't have time to get into that because the phones are people are calling and that phone calls rule on this program. So I don't have time to, to venture into too much. Um, I did want to mention this. Uh, nest locations vary by species, so providing several types of nests and increase the insect diversity in your garden. A good idea. Pollinators, because some pollinators like butterflies, beetles, and flies lay their eggs directly on the leaves of plants. Bees nest underground or in plant cavities, such as decaying trees or hollow plant stems. Bee hotels, get, get this now, bee hotels are a great way to support diversity in home gardens. And one of the first natural features to be removed from an urban landscape is dead trees. That leaves one-third of bees without suitable nesting habitat. Bees hotels replicate natural plant cavities for solitary cavity nesting species such as mason bees, uh, leaf cutter and resin bees, uh, carpenter bees, and wool carter wool, wool carter bees, and uh, solitary wasps. These bees are not uh, aggressive as they do, and do have a hive to defend. The hotels themselves require little management, making them an easy addition to any garden. So there you have it: a bee bee garden, bee hotel to attract bees to your backyard. Great pollinators, and that's what we want. This is Jack's Backyard. And uh, this is... Linda is in Moulton, and yes, she is the crazy butterfly lady. Good morning, <laughs> Good Linda. Morning. Good morning, Jack. Congratulations on the 23 years. Thank you very much. And also, that catalog that gentleman was talking about, that sounded real interesting. You, did you type down the name of it? No, I didn't. Uh, I, 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 try, I always intend to, but neglected to this time. Yeah, I usually do, too, but my mind was elsewhere, I guess. <laughs> but I just wanted to talk about peanuts. Oh, my gosh, I ought to have a peanut farm. I go through so <laughs> many peanut chips, shelled peanuts, and peanuts in the shell, you know, Every week I'm buying peanuts. It's like, well, I sure, well, I know the birds appreciate it, but it's like I'm going to the poorhouse just buying nuts for the birds. Well, now you, you, we talked about this before, but do the squirrels come as well? Oh yeah. Oh, okay, all right. So you're feeding squirrels as well. The squirrels and the blue jays grab up the ones in the shells real quick, and then they come up on the deck and. Eat my peanut pellets and eat my <laughs> eat my shelled nuts and the chip nuts. What about the so, other? What about your other bird food? Do they, do they neglect that. 
Oh, no, they oh. go after that, too. Okay. Yeah, they enjoy everything. They go after the sunflower seeds, the cracked corn, you name it. <laughs> I've got way too many squirrels. So if anybody wants any, they can gladly come to my house and get some. I try to give mine away, but nobody wants them either. So <laughs> All right. Well, it's glad I'm glad you're on the air. Well, thank you and, very much. Because... Uh, We'd be lost without you. Well, you're very kind. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Well, you have a good day. You have a good day and a good week. You too. Bye-bye. This is Jack's Backyard, celebrating 23 years right here on WEEU, the voice of Berks County and beyond. Do I have time? Well, I better do this. I better take care of some business, and I'll get right back to the calls right after this. Mark your calendars for Thursday, February 8th for the 9th Annual Chef Tim's Take the Chill Off live broadcast benefiting the blankets of home. That's right. Come on over to Classic Harley-Davidson in Leesport to pick up some chili. Grab a pint from the Pagoda City Brewing. See the Royals Ice Angels all while supporting a great cause. WEU staff at Classic Harley will be hosting the broadcast along with many of the Blankets Hope supporters. That's February 8th. For information, visit 830weeu.com or classicharley.com. You have auto insurance because, let's face it, stuff happens. And then you feel punished with a rate hike after filing a claim? Erie Rate Lock changes all that. With Rate Lock from Erie Insurance, your low rate stays great until you change cars, drivers, or your address. Your Erie agent in Reading and Hamburg is Cross Keys Insurance. Get a quote at 610-916-6190. Rate Lock is not guaranteed continued insurance coverage. Insurance must meet necessary underwriting guidelines. Premium may change if you make policy changes. Not all products are offered in all states, patent pending. Bring your pink to the Reading Royals annual Pink in the Ring game on Saturday, February 3rd. It's about Support the battle against breast cancer and enjoy a beanie giveaway, pregame happy hour, and our second annual pregame women in sports panel. You know what time it is. Pink in the Ring at the Reading Royals on Saturday, February 3rd. Tickets available at RoyalsHockey.com. Are you looking for an assisted living community? Columbia Cottage Y Missing is the only licensed assisted living community in Berks County, offering 10 levels of care. They offer personal touch for you or an aging loved one. Columbia Cottage takes pleasure in offering the best in assisted living in Y Missing and the surrounding Berks area. Stop by and speak with the residents and the staff, and you'll see why they decided to join the Columbia Cottage family. To set up a tour, call Noreen Krimsky at 610-484-4418. Are you feeling hungry? Then come to Why I'm Missing Bakery and Restaurant for breakfast or lunch. The best bakery and buffet in Berks County. With fresh fried chicken to homemade donuts, they got you covered. And you can even order off the menu. Everything is fresh, never frozen, and always homemade from scratch. The Why I'm Missing Restaurant and Bakery is open daily from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. For the full menu and specials, go to whyimmissingrestaurantandbakery.com. Get your feast on today, located at 1245 Penn Avenue in Why I'm Missing. Philadelphia 76ers basketball is here, and we want you to advertise with WEEU. Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey are coming in hot in hopes of bringing another ring to the Wells Fargo Center and the city of Philadelphia. Make your business boom with a slam dunk sponsorship with us. If you're interested in joining our team as a sponsor, contact us via email at sales at 830weeu.com. 
Your AccuWeather forecast from News Talk 830, WEEU. Here is the exclusive three-day AccuWeather forecast. Sunny skies, high today 47. It'll be clear tonight, low 25. Sunny skies on Sunday, the high tomorrow at 50. And then a sunny day for Monday, high Monday 47. This is Steve Williams reporting for News Talk 830 WEEU. Welcome back to Jack's Backyard on The Voice of Berks County, 8.30 a.m. W-E-E-U. Like all that sunshine. Right now, 35 degrees, 35 degrees outside your AccuWeather station. That would be W-E-E-U. And uh, this would be Stu in Exeter. Stu, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing, Jack? I'm doing okay. How about yourself? Good. I just built a purple martin houses, and I'm wondering if it's too early to put them out yet. It's a bit early, uh, but you certainly should uh, think about having those uh, the purple martin houses up by, oh gosh, I, I'm, I'm going to say early March. March? Early March? Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, I've seen conflicting views on how high I should put them, anywhere from 8 feet to 15 feet. And I was wondering, what would you suggest? How, how high do you think? I would see 15, closer to 15. 15 feet? Yes. Okay. Should I put uh, nesting materials in there or let the purple martins put that in them this, themselves? Let, just, just let the purple martins take care of that. Okay, great. Any other suggestions for attracting them? You can it, pick it, up. It's such a hard bird to attract. Uh, uh, whereabouts are you going to place it, Stu? It's going to be in my backyard, uh, right near my vegetable garden. It's going to have an open area so the birds can can fly in there. So, are there any uh, any uh, electric wires or anything nearby? No, no, all that's out front. The electric wires okay. are out front. It's, it's, is there a surefire way to attract them? Uh, as you know, it's a very difficult bird to attract, but really a welcome bird because they take care of all of the insects and mosquitoes and the like that would fly around your backyard. Uh, have yeah, I'm you, hoping they're going to eat all the insects in my vegetable garden. <laughs> I have a 600-foot square foot vegetable garden wow. in the back. I'm hoping they're going to eat this. <laughs> Eat all the bugs in there. Did you go to the Purple Martin website? Uh, I checked a few websites. I'm not sure I went to that exact one. Uh, there's a the, the, well. I'm I'm trying to remember. They're located. The Purple Martin headquarters is, I believe, located out in western Pennsylvania. Uh, okay. And I I would. Um, I would, uh, if you can get to that, just Google Purple Martins and see if that comes up. And that's the one you want to pay attention to because these are the people that deal with it all year. Okay, great. Thank you very much, Jack. Well, good luck, Stu, and let us know if you attract them, okay? I sure will. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thank you so much for the call. This is uh, the backyard. Yeah, I wish I had a surefire way to attract them. I mean, I had friends that played Purple Martin calls. Uh, I mean, there's just so many different ways to attract, put uh, decoys up. Hopefully the Purple Martins, when they arrived, saw the decoys and said, well, this is okay to nest and so forth and so on. But it's a very difficult bird to, uh, to attract. Let's continue and let's go to Stephanie in Spring Township. Steph, how are you today? 
I'm wonderful. I'm standing here in the sunshine in my living room. <laughs> ah, great, great. And I just sent you a picture of a beautiful red cardinal basking in the sun in my tree outside my kitchen window out back. Oh, that's great. What a, what a, what a picture. He must have sat there for almost 30 minutes just warming up. <laughs> that's great. They, yeah, they, and, and see that in the bright sunshine? Oh, yes. What a oh, sight. I'm sure they're what all a... happy for it, more than we are probably. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, a couple of things. First of all, the Merlin app. I've talked to you about this before. I just love it. When you download it, you have to choose your local zone, and they download the birds that will probably be in your zone. So you have to do that. And then I would suggest if you want to know what birds are in your area to put out the proper feed for them to attract them in, like wrens and things, um, you go out right after dawn and for an hour or two sit there with your coffee, let Merlin tell you what birds are chirping first thing in the morning, and then you'll know what birds are in your area. So um, you'll know what foods you can put out to bring them closer so you can watch them. And then we were talking about um, uh, the, the parents feeding the baby birds. And I've got two special things I've seen over the years that I just stick in my mind. One was a Papa Cardinal um, dissecting a very large praying mantis wing by wing, leg by leg, head by tail, and the body parts in the middle right in front of his fledgling um, young bird, and then he gave the young one the best piece from the body. <laughs> and, and, I mean, if you don't, I mean, that's like teaching a meat cutter how to cut meat, you know. <laughs> yeah, good, good comparison. And then the other, the other thing I saw one night when I went out of work in a parking lot where there are these little pear trees um, growing in the different little um, cement islands around the parking lot, you know, mm-hmm. um, up in, I knew there were goldfinches up in the one tree in front of my car. And I went out and I, I heard something and I looked up and here was a male goldfinch flying in circles around this little pear tree with this little fledgling goldfinch flying as fast as he could, trying to follow his papa <laughs> around and around the tree. I mean, and then the little one finally got tired, and he stopped on a branch, and so the papa stopped. And I just stood there and watched, of course, and after a little while, the papa started flying around again, and so the baby followed him. And then the papa tried to fly the baby up to the the second-floor rooftop of a nearby building. And the baby went about halfway, and Jackie flew back to the tree. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. It was so cute. So, I, you know, there's always something to see and watch. <clears throat> and I have seen a, a, a tree swallow swat their young bird with their wings. I mean, they would, be, they would be hovering in the air over the baby, and the baby would want to eat, and the, the, the parent would want them to get going and get their own uh, insect, you know. Mm-hmm. So they actually, while they're flying, will get up close to the baby and swat them with their wings <laughs> to make them fly off the branch. Oh, that's great. That's great. Oh, okay. And oh, and what was the name of the new family that that owns the uh, radio station now? John and Christine Treese. T R E E S E. Well, God bless them. Um, 
I just am so happy, I'm sure we all are, that they bought the station and have you on and are so nice to you. So everybody send them cards and letters of welcome and uh, let them know how much we appreciate them. Okay, thanks, Jack. Oh, thank you very much for mentioning it. I appreciate it, Steph. You take good care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is The Backyard. Yes, indeed. Saturday morning. February is here. 23 years of this radio program on WEEU. Sometimes it's hard to comprehend. <laughs> Maybe it's my age. I don't know. Let's see here. We, we have to go to, uh, when I can press this button. There we go. Sarah in West Grove, good morning. How are you today? Good now that I heard your voice. Thank you very much. And great to hear. Um, what I told the young lady about is there's a website, I don't know if anybody's mentioned it, called Pix, P-I-X, Cam, C-A-M. And there's 14 different cameras, but the ones that I love most is the one that's fastened to a bird feeder. Yes. Right now I'm watching a great big fat blue jay pick at a suet cake. <laughs> that's great. And he'll eventually he'll fly off and a cardinal will come in, but they are so close, I swear you could count the feathers. Oh. It, it's just awesome to watch them, and there's dove, I mean, all kinds of birds come, you know, come. It's, in, it's located in western Pennsylvania and uh, the area, and if you look in the background of the feeder every now and then, you'll see a deer walk past. Oh, neat. And there's uh, two other cams. The one has... 11 hanging feeders, and the other one has eight hanging feeders. So you see all kinds of birds, and it just, just for somebody that can't really go out and get around, it just makes your day to be able to see the birds. That, yeah, there's, it's, it's kind of interesting. There are a number of sites like that, Sarah. The one, the one that I use once in a while is the one from Cornell. Uh, uh-huh. and they, they have, I think, right now maybe three or four uh, different uh, cameras out there with different different birds. The one I like most is the one of Canada because they have all of the birds that we don't see here, all Ooh. of the, like evening grosbeaks and uh, crossbills and the likes, and we don't see them here much anymore anyway. And uh, I, I like to go th- to that. So you can Google that and and uh, check their their cameras out too. Yeah, I have to check that because one of the other ones that I really that I on this site that I start out with in the morning is a, a feeding area where I've been lucky a couple mornings in a row to catch three deer oh, eating, neat. and every now and then a giant turkey. <laughs> 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 I mean, and he just struts around, and uh, it's it's just awesome. And then they have one that got me started last year, really last spring and summer, was the cam that's in the top of a bluebird box. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you see her building her na- the nest and the eggs, and watch her from start to finish till the fledglings leave the box. And it's it's just awesome to see them. And another one is a in the top of a screech owl nest. So oh. you really get to see a wide variety. There's only one bird that I'm not. Re- I'm just learning a lot of the birds, but there's one that on the multi feeder. It's a smaller brown bird, but the head and the chest are red. Well, that that probably would be the house finch. Okay, and there's 
there's tons of them there. Yes. They just all come in, yes. and it's uh, it's it's just so much fun to watch them. And I'm glad I found found WEU after being away for many many years, moving out of the area, and um, and glad to have found you every morning. You start my weekend off. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. That's a, you make me smile. And just keep up the good work, and I hope you're around for many 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 years. <laughs> Uh, I, I I don't know how many more I have, but that's a that's a nice wish, and I'm grateful. Thank you, Sarah. Believe me, I know I'm getting up there, and I know how I feel. Okay. <laughs> well, you have a good weekend, Jack. You too. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. This is the backyard. Six ten three seven four eighty eight hundred out of the area. Toll free eight 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 four zero one zero four. Five, nine, and I would like to chat with you today. Right now, we're going to chat with Tori in Lancaster County. Tori, good to hear from you again. How are you? Fine, thank you. It's a beautiful day. It's not snowing. It's not raining. Um, uh, should people feed stray cats? <sighs> I mean, people, my neighbor people, has people one do. up there yeah. at her place. It's, it's something, feral cats, I, it, it's hard to say. Uh, I, I know many people that do. Um, they, they don't, and it seems to please the cats. I don't know what harm it does, but I, I, I'm not that familiar with the, all of the activity, Tori. Okay. Well, um, this lady also has a lot of squirrels hopping from tree to tree, and she doesn't like the squirrels. Would these would this stray cat um, scare away the squirrels in any way? I I don't know. They they certainly scare away the birds, but I don't know about scaring the squirrels. Squirrels uh, takes a lot to scare them. Well, how can you? How is there any way of keeping away squirrels? Because she'd appreciate knowing. I'll tell her. Uh, <laughs> don't feed. <laughs> That's about it. You have to stop feeding. You have to. What about bird seed? The squirrels, I guess, go after oh, yeah, the bird yeah. food. As long as there's food there, bird food or squirrel food, they'll stay. They really will. But they also eat cat food, too, don't yeah, they? They'll eat anything, just about. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you. One more question. Have you seen any pheasants around, any wild pheasants? Not, uh, I have seen them. I see them at Middle Creek probably more than any place else, but there are not a lot of them. Yeah, well, I haven't seen any. Well, I have several cats, and my cats keep the squirrels away, so I'll have to tell her. But thank you very much, and have a wonderful day, and thank you for this wonderful program. Thank you for being part of it today, Tori. All right, thank you very much. Bye-bye. This is Jack's Backyard. Yeah, Pharaoh, see the problem... Feral cats eat birds. I mean, bir- the, the the cat population is is decimates the bird population. There's no question about that. It's one of the, if not the leading, cause of uh, backyard bird deaths. So, it, it's you you want to bring them into your yard? That I I don't know. I don't. This is uh, the backyard, and uh, let's say good morning to Richard. He's in Reading. Richard, how are you today? I'm doing good, and yourself? Uh, pretty good, thank you. Pretty good. Thank 
Congratulations on your 23 years and many, many more. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Very good. Uh, the other thing is, I don't get out of the house much. I'm retired and I don't have a car. So you were talking about bird cameras mm-hmm. that I can watch on the on the computer. Right. Do you have any, have any uh, local ones? I'm, I don't, like I said, I don't get out that much. I like to know the birds around here in Reading, Houses Township. Uh, actually, I, I don't know of any in 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 Reading or Berks County. Actually, the the bird cams, um, I, maybe someone knows. I I don't. I'm just trying to think of any organization that would do that. I, uh, and to my knowledge, there are none, Richard. Even that one, uh, a hawk mom, I think you're talking about, or the other ones around here? But I, well, the only thing that I can come up with is the one the Pennsylvania Game Commission has on farmland, okay. on farmland eagles, uh, also Hanover eagles. They're, they have two cams. Uh, those are the only ones that come to mind. And you, okay. you, you can check those out by going to the Pennsylvania Game Commission website. Okay, what was the second one you said? Hanover, I think it was? Uh, Hanover has one, and the farm country is another one. There are two. Okay, thank you very much, sir. Well, I'm glad you called, Richard. Take care. I'm glad you're still on the air. Thank you very much. Thank you. This is Jack's Backyard. 20 minutes before the hour of 10 o'clock, the good morning time, and there's a line open for you, you, and yes, you too. Did you know you can get your prescriptions for less at your local pharmacy? You can with GoodRx. It's the free app that can save you money on your medications. Just search for your prescription, choose the pharmacy and the price that works best for you, and then show your GoodRx coupon to your pharmacist at the drop-off counter. GoodRx works at over 70,000 pharmacies, including Walmart, Rite Aid, and Walgreens, and it works whether you have insurance or not. It's easy to save. Next time you drop off your prescription, check GoodRx. To start saving today, go to GoodRx.com. GoodRx is not insurance. Attorney CPA Joe Cordell. Business owners and professionals face special challenges in divorce court. They have to contend with allegations that they are earning more than they are, coupled with claims on their business or practice itself. Clients with assets depend on their divorce lawyer skills in these matters. Offices in Philadelphia, Radnor, and Allentown, Pennsylvania, and Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. Michelle Ferrari, licensed in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Online at CordellCordell.com. This Valentine's Day, get your sweetheart just what they've wanted. The savings have never been sweeter. Stop by and enjoy our Valentine's Day sale at the Sugar Shack Candy Bar. We have a large selection of baskets, gourmet chocolate bouquets, and, of course, chocolate-covered strawberries. Only $19.99 per dozen. So before you go anywhere else, check us out at the Sugar Shack Candy Bar, 249 Penn Street in downtown Reading. Make sure you check us out on Facebook at Sugar Shack Candy Bar and Ice Cream for our upcoming sweets, treats, and great eats festival. Winter weather may be a mess outdoors, but Ocean State Jobot wants to keep things nice and clean indoors for you. Leave the slippery snow and ice at your doorstep when you choose from over 35 mats and boot trays starting at just $3. When you do go out, stay safe. Stock up on plenty of ice melt for walkways and driveways, plus shovels and ice scrapers. Don't forget those hats and gloves, too, at prices you won't believe. Get more for less and make Ocean State Joblot your winter weather headquarters today. If you or a loved one needs estate planning or may require nursing home care, call Scott Painter, your hometown attorney. 
Scott is a certified elder law attorney serving all of Berks County from his office at 906 Penn Avenue in Wyomissing. He handles every aspect of elder law. Mention WEEU and he will provide you with a $50 credit. To see how you can protect and plan your estate, call Scott Painter at 610-378-5140. Shopping at Redner's has never been easier or more convenient with Redner's Ready, the order online and pickup service for Redner's Markets. Visit Redner'sMarkets.com and click on the Redner's Ready icon. Then choose your items, pay online, and pick up your order in any of the designated Redner's Ready parking spaces and your groceries will be brought right to your car. It's Redner's Ready, the convenient online order and pickup service available only at Redner'sMarkets.com. Back to more of your calls on Jack's Backyard, here on The Voice, 8.30 a.m. W.E.E.U. 16 minutes before the hour of 10. That's the good morning time. And uh, let's say good morning to Sue in Birdsboro. Hi, Sue. Hello, Jack. It's nice to talk to you. My pleasure. Good to have you aboard today. Thank you. I just wanted to say to Tori that... Um, I had experience with cats and squirrels. I used to have a lot of problems with squirrels and at bird feeders. And then I had some neighbors who had some two good outdoor cats that um, they definitely intimidated the squirrels. They didn't make them go away completely. But I had a lot less problem with squirrels for a long time. So, so you, you actually, the, the, the cats... They weren't trained or anything, were they? They were just... Oh, no. There. They just, just being there, they, I always said, just said they patrolled. They took care of the little critters around the, the property. I used to have voles, and they took care of those. And I just had a lot less problems with squirrels with those cats around. Now, these were feral cats? No, they were outdoor cats. Okay. But they were, okay. they were very active outdoor cats. Did they go after the birds? Pretty much, yes. Yeah, so I never, I never noticed that it was a big problem with the birds, but I don't know. But they just, I know that they did it, did um, you know, kind of keep an eye on those squirrels and. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's it's not a bad thing to have them around. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, I appreciate. So that's what I wanted to say. I appreciate it. I'm glad you called, Sue. Yeah. Thanks, Jack. Take care. Yep. Bye-bye. This is The Backyard, Saturday mornings for you right here on WEEU. 610-374-8800. Out of the area, toll-free, 888-401-0459. And there are lines open for you, you, and you, too, at 14 minutes before the hour of 10 o'clock. And we're hour number two as we uh, celebrate 23 years here in the backyard, side yard, front yard, wherever it may be. Well, let's see. The sounds of summer, splashing waves at the beach, a lawn sprinkler spinning deliriously, the bells of an ice cream truck, and the constant buzz of cicadas. If you live in certain states, get ready because they're coming back in 2024. Cicadas, winged insects with an especially loud song, 
have a weird life cycle. They grow underground, but we humans mostly pay attention to them when they emerge into our above-ground world. Now, the annual cicadas, which emerge from their underground life every year at various times, then there are periodical cicadas, which emerge only every 13 or 17 years. Those groupings are called broods and are numbered because of their trackable schedule. These broods of periodical cicadas tend to steal all of the headlines from their annual cicada comrades. This summer, it's a double brood year, so this is just a warning. (laughs) Just a warning. That's rare. According to Science Alert, the last time it happened was in 1803. 1803. One brood on a 13-year cycle called Brood 13— and another on a 17-year cycle called Brood uh, 17 are expected to pop out of the ground in 2024. Are you ready for that? Probably in uh, between May and June. That's when it'll happen. So there you have it. Be prepared. (laughs) They are so loud, so loud. Well, let's see. Let's go back to the phones. And uh, up to Fleetwood we go. John, good morning. Yes, good morning, John. Uh, just, Jack, I'm sorry. That's I just, okay. wanted to, just wanted to share this with you. Last week on Wednesday, I was going down through Ole. Uh, I guess that's Route 73 south of Ole. And on the field to the left, I looked over and I thought, wait, there shouldn't be snow there. And there was a fox. <laughs> There was a flock of snow geese. I mean, it covered most of that field, yeah. and they were probably looking, yeah, looking for food. So then I was excited about that, and then I get back home here, I look out my kitchen window, and there's about 10, 12 robins out there looking for food. Now, they look a little bit straggly. You know, they didn't look like bright and so forth like in the spring. But they were there, and they were around the grass looking for some food, and I thought, well, I had to call Jack on Saturday and tell him we got some robins in Fleetwood and snow geese down in Ole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the 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 rob we have wintering robins and, and that's uh, the numbers seem to grow every single year. Right, right, and you could tell they were wintered because they looked a little bit battered, you know, a darkish gray and that not that bright robin chest, but it was nice to know they were here. Oh, yes, indeed. It gives you an idea that spring isn't too far behind. This is correct. And don't forget, <laughs> Phil said, you know. Yeah, that's right. We're going to have, you know, you know, what would, you know, though, if he would have came around and saw his shadow, you know what that would have meant, don't you? Yeah, more winter. No, no. Six more weeks of basketball. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way to look at it, John. Yeah, sure. It's always nice talking with you, Jack. I appreciate your show and enjoy you every weekend. So you have a good weekend. Stay healthy, buddy. I will try. You too, John. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye now. <laughs> Six more weeks of basketball. All righty. Let's move along. Let's say good morning to Mike is up there in Hamburg. Mike, good morning. How are you today? Oh, good morning. Uh, real good. Uh, and uh, congratulations on your 23rd year. Thank you. And I uh, wanted to just tell you about that uh, 12-foot-high plastic uh, 
netting material or fencing material up along uh, Route 61 southbound, I guess, um, near Grand Street uh, where the rudders is. Okay. Um, that's up apparently for the eagle's nest, and uh, but also uh, they put it up special because apparently they're going to do some uh, construction on the bridge over the Schuylkill River. Because Route 61 passes over the Schuylkill Scru- right. River right. at that point, so I just thought your other caller would want to know about that. It, it, but it doesn't. One, we had a caller saying that it, it's there for safety reasons, uh, because apparently there were quite a few accidents along that route, and pe- maybe pe- because people were staring at the eagle's nest. That could be. Um, it could go both ways. But it, it, uh, it can can you can you see the nest from over the plastic? Uh, no, not, certainly not from Route 61. Okay, um, okay. You got to go back into Hamburg, uh, like up Grand Street or yeah. or Pine Street or something, and uh, actually, then you need a binoculars. At least an old guy like me does. <laughs> and me. <laughs> you can't you can't really see it from rudders either because it's 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 in the trees and right. in the tall trees but it's back a little ways yeah well I, we get an awful lot of people watching that that nest i know that they report i get emails and plus they call the show so it's it's a very popular site oh yeah i, I can't really see it from route 61 real well anyway but it, it could be that uh, it's that that barrier is up for safety reasons if it uh, contributed to accidents, having no. that eagle's nest going. Well, I'm glad you called. I appreciate that, Mike. All righty. Uh, thanks for having me on. Anytime. Call again. All right. Have a nice day. You too. Bye-bye. This is The Backyard, and uh, let's move merrily along. Let's say good morning to Lou in South Whitehall Township. Lou, how are you today? Pretty darn well, thank you, Jack. That's good. Enjoy your show. Thank you. Thank uh, you very much. I, I, have a, I have a question about, uh, as I've identified them, American robins. Are, are they migratory? Some are and some not. We are seeing, as I mentioned to a previous caller, we see more and more wintering robins than we've ever seen before. I, I thought so. We have a very large, uh, uh, almost a 30-foot uh, holly tree in our front yard. And it just uh, is pro- was prolific yeah. with berries. They're completely gone, and they had been assaulted by a whole battalion of robins <laughs> uh, within the past week. I mean, they just completely denuded uh, this tree. And I was just curious if uh, they would have been wintering robins or if they would have been migrating. And if they're migrating, where would they come from? How far down south? They, they would come from anywhere from Florida uh, up through the Carolinas, you know, where they winter. Very good, very good. I, I don't know that I see them routinely throughout the winter, but, boy, uh, within the past week, they have just uh, completely assaulted our, uh, our tree. It's, it's really amazing the, because each year, uh, I'm, I'm going to go back maybe the, 10 years ago, the numbers have increased every single year of wintering robins. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. 
it, just, an, just an aside regarding Eagles. I grew up in Jersey Shore in Lycoming County and spent, as a youngster, many a uh, 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 day in Pine Creek Valley, especially yes. Little Pine Creek. There is now three to four nesting pairs of eagles in that region. And it's just amazing. There's a fellow on uh, Facebook that does a phenomenal job photo, uh, photographing these and documenting. He has names for every one of them and everything else. And if somebody uh, would be interested, um, you look up uh, Pine Creek uh, uh, Valley Eagles, and it probably will take you right to it. It's oh, just yeah. amazing. That's a great place. Great place. Yes, it is. That's home. That's great. Oh, Thank you so much for your time. Delighted to talk with you, and uh, keep up the great work. Well, I appreciate it, Lou. Thank you much for the call. You're welcome. Bye-bye. This is Jack's Backyard. Your AccuWeather forecast from News Talk 830, WEEU. Here is the exclusive three-day AccuWeather forecast. Sunny skies, high today 47. It'll be clear tonight, low 25. Sunny skies on Sunday, the high tomorrow at 50. And then a sunny day for Monday, high Monday 47. This is Steve Williams reporting for News Talk 830 WEEU. We return to Jack's Backyard. Here's your host, Jack Holcomb. Thank you very much. And uh, let's see. Uh, I think we can squeeze... We can squeeze Wayne in here. Wayne, we have about two minutes. Good morning. Good morning, Jack. This is Wayne from Vernonville. I want to congratulate you on your 23 years on the show. I want to say thanks to the Trees Media Group for keeping you around. I'm looking forward to the change that's going to come to WEU. And I hope they keep Chris Barnes. <laughs> well, thank you very much for the call. That's very nice of you to call, and I do appreciate that. And Appreciate you listening and calling, too, John, uh, Wayne. Thank you. Okay. I've been a long, long, long time listener way, way back, Wayne. I don't call that often your show. This might be like only the second time I call, but I love your show. We they decided to keep you, and I'm looking forward to the change. Well, Take care. Thank you very much. You, too, Wayne. Thank you. This is The Backyard, and I'm certainly glad you're along with us uh, today. And uh, so 23 years, and we're headed uh, into number 24. And I am eternally grateful to everyone involved, to our sponsors, but most of all to you, the listener, who uh, have been faithful and continue to call and keep us going. Because uh, <laughs> without you, where would we be? Where would we be? And uh, also today, as we celebrate uh, 23 years, thanks to uh, John and Christine Treese and uh, especially Christine and her daughters who saw to it that we have uh, some delicious, delicious cupcakes that kept Linda and I going for this, uh, for the pro <laughs> program uh, today. So it was a real treat. So thank you to John, Christine, and uh, the daughters. That's wonderful. And yes, we certainly look forward to uh, the days ahead with the new owners. And I know that you will be very much surprised and very interested and will enjoy all that we will have to offer you right here on WEEU. It's a, it's, a, it's a new chapter and something we look forward to because it's always, there's some mystery involved, there's some good company involved, and uh, there's knowledge involved because we'll always learn more and you can be part of it. So uh, stay tuned. 
as we say in the business. <laughs> that, that's an old phrase. Stay tuned to W-E-E-U. I, I, I kind of like that. Yes, indeed. Well, let's see here. We've got to go. So I have to give you a thought for the day. Thought for the day comes from Brooks Atkinson, who uh, is an American writer, and he said, nothing wholly admirable ever happens in this country except for the migration of birds. Well, we've got to get out of here, make way for the very latest news. That's next from ABC right here on WEEU. For producer Linda, yours truly, Jack Holcomb, thanking you for joining us today and for 23 years, if you've been around that long. It's our pleasure, and I am so grateful. Thank you very much. Oh, uh, enjoy nature with all of this sunshine, and have a bluebird day today. Talk 830 WEEU. Ready. From ABC News, I'm Brian Clark. The U.S. struck targets in 80 different spots across Iraq and Syria. Retaliation for last week's drone strike that killed three American service members. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said it was about de-escalating tensions in the region. The goal here is to get these uh, attacks to stop. We are not looking for a war with Iran. The U.S. blames Iranian-backed militias for carrying out those attacks. Earlier in the day, Friday, President Biden attended the dignified transfer of the three U.S. personnel who were killed in last weekend's attack. He is on a primary ballot today in South Carolina, and ABC's Mary Alice Parks explains why the Palmetto State is important to Democrats. This state is a connector for the larger black community across the country. He called it the heartbeat of the black community across the country, and their hope is that by energizing black voters here in South Carolina, it will have a ripple effect across the country. There's no guarantee that a message that works here will work everywhere, but still they have absolutely leaned in big here in South Carolina. Major campaign issue, the southern border, and there's a bipartisan group in the Senate that says they have an agreement in place on 